Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that has been known to show up at a women's beach volleyball tournament when you least expect it. Say what? Demarcus Heller. (laughs) What is up, Doc? What's going on with you, player? Mm, Man, I'll tell you. A good amount. good amount's going on with me, you know? Huh? Uh, and, And listen, listen, listeners, this dude does show up. To some some volleyball and and Demarcus, I don't know if you know this. The NCAA beach volleyball tournament was this past weekend. That happened. Word. Oh yeah. snap! No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, University of Southern California. They came away oh, with wow. the crown again. It, it was it was it was some impressive volleyball. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, impressive digs, kills. Yeah. If I if I would have known, I would have popped up there. Yeah, hopefully there's at least one listener that's like a huge volleyball fan that's like, finally, <laughs> yes! I've been waiting for this Someone on the show. It. Jeez, <laughs> some volleyball analysis. I, yeah. don't, I don't actually have too much, but there is oh, one thing on. I noticed while I was watching it that that it just I love about it. It's really funny. Is that like What's you that? know? There's something very me and you. We played a good amount of volleyball for funsies. You know, on on yeah. the beach volleyball. And it, there's something yeah. visceral about spiking that ball, you know? It's, I mean, it's hardcore. You spike it down. Ah! You feel good about it, right? That's a fact. I, I agree. It's something about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I love how, like, in the actual tournaments, in the NCAA tournaments, they spark, spike it down really hard like that. And then right after that, they have a timeout, and the players immediately walk over and sit down in reclining beach chairs Wait, under what? umbrellas. <laughs> Like they're like they're literally waiting for Snoop Dogg in a Corona commercial. Like it's just, it's, it's so weird because like I mean I I know I get it and I know it's beach volleyball so it makes sense. But right, right. It's like basketball players at halftime if they just ran over and sat on like Lazy Boys and we're like yeah what <laughs> nice like it just it seems so funny. Anyways. It's a different type of swag for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, volleyball <laughs> aficionados. That's all I had on volleyball. Anyways, anyways, I, uh, Demarcus, I wanted, to, I did want to talk about something else that has irked me this week. Oh yeah, yeah. What's that? Hmm. Well, um, Demarcus, as you know, when I'm not at the helm of the world's greatest radio show, that's right. I am right. teaching as a college professor. I do that from time to time. You know. Yeah. 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 Every now and you're then, adulty. you're adulting. Yeah. You're adulting life. Every now you. and then, I'll, I'll get a, I'll, I'll, I'll get a teaching gig. You know, right. and uh, right. n- now as a result, that's a fact. I get evaluations. Mm. You know, student mm-hmm. evaluations, mm. and then they anonymously evaluate my performance. You know. Mm. Now, the anonymous thing there, that's obviously on purpose because, you know, if I had a student that gave me an evaluation that said I was the worst teacher ever and they had their name on it, um, you know, it would be hard for me to remain unbiased towards that individual if I had them in a right. different class, right? So it makes sense. True, true, I, true. I get it. I get it why they're anonymous. And, and normally, I get pretty good evaluations. So true. I'm not tooting mm-hmm. my horn, but, you know, they're good. I'm just saying. They're usually good. Okay. Now, 
when you think about it, though, in general, it's a fairly frightening process, right? Mm-hmm. You, right. Got, you got hundreds of people freely judging you with complete anonymity. That's a fact. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way you can directly respond to that evaluation. All you got to do is sit there and take it. Jeez. That's it. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen in many jobs, you know? At, yeah, at, at most jobs, your boss evaluates you, and that's about it. And that's not right. com- that's obviously not anonymous. So you know, and like mm-hmm. even in the service industry, when customers are asked to fill out survey uh, surveys, it's usually about the service as a whole, not just mm-hmm. one person. You know, mm-hmm. with teaching, you get three hundred evaluations every half a year. Wow! And mm. every semester, there's one just. There's one backhanded comment. There's one deft barb <laughs> that irks me. Like a like it's a splinter or a sunburn that I'm just like, ow, nah. You know? <laughs> well. Right. Now, uh, I, I have one of those. I have one Uh-oh. of those. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes they irk you because they're true, and then it, those actually usually hurt more when you know it's something that is actually, you're like, oh, that is what I do. Oh, no. Now, this one, however, this 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 one I would say is not true. Nope. Listeners may disagree mm. with this, but I would say is not true. That's a fact. And it might have made me more angry than any evaluation comment I've ever received. It might. Oh, dang. This, this must be some real serious. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is, Demarcus. It is. Now, first of all, uh, this was in the free response section, listeners. So, that you know, there's the evaluation part where you just get the multiple choice and they go from one to five, five being strongly agree, one being uh, uh, strongly disagree. This was in the mm-hmm. just free, what do you, and, and this was in the section where it says, what are your instructor's strengths? Hmm. Your mm. instructor's, so, so this should be all positive. This is streaks, right? right? So true. (laughs) So this is the part that I spend the most time on when I'm reviewing my evaluation. I'm like, oh, man, look at all these good things I'm doing. No need to look at what I need to improve on. That's dumb. Let's just stay right here (laughs) in the strengths. So I'm going through all these strengths, and here is the comment I find. Quote, Hmm. he's good at presenting information in a timely manner, period. Hmm. The attempts... At jokes were appreciated. Huh? What the f*** is that, Demarcus? <laughs> what is that? Come on! Come on! First of all, first of all, before I even get to the abomination of that second sentence, yeah! let's address the first oh, sentence. I, prevent, I present information in a timely manner? What does that even mean? How does an instructor not do that? Like... Do they present material and then they test on a completely different time? I don't even know what that means. Nope. It's not a compliment. Oh, and then the second part, the second sentence, the attempts at jokes were appreciated. The attempts. Slam. DeMarcus, I had no idea that Dave Chappelle was taking my class and evaluating my jokes. Nope. Because whoever wrote this evaluation must be so effing funny that my jokes come out and they're mere attempts. This person is on such a high level of hilarity that I'm a novice. That's it. That's it. I'm like a, I'm like a dude off the street trying to guard LeBron James one-on-one. I have no chance. I just got to appreciate yeah, the attempt. Girl, come on. 
the, audac- the audacity of that student mm. <laughs> to mm. say such thing. I wish I wish this person would have left a link to their Netflix stand-up special so I could have some tips on how to how to how they're such a laugh riot with their their jokes that they can do. Second, yeah. second, second to Marcus. Can I point out that no matter how not funny a joke is, it's still a joke. So true. It's just a bad joke. Okay. So there was no attempt. I could have made some. Right. I, I I made jokes. Make no uh, make no mistake of that. There may have been an attempt right, right. to at funny jokes, and they weren't successful. But come on, it's like giving me a participation <laughs> trophy right there. Blam. A participation <laughs> trophy of humor. Come on, Demarcus. Oh man. Ah, you know how much that fired me up, Demarcus. Oh God, it fired I, I me fe- up. I listeners. felt that, Doc. Ah, I felt that. Mm. Well, <laughs> anyways, Demarcus, are you ready to fire up this show full of attempted jokes? Demarcus? Mm, man, let's fire this show up, Doc. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Okay. Whew. I think now that we've exercised some demons, we can we can move on. Am I right? I feel better. <laughs> Do you feel better? I, I feel uh, freaking fantastic, Doc. Good, good, good. We <laughs> both feel good, and we've got a fantastic show my goodness the show so true we have got a fantastic artist ryan mont blue on the show nice demarcus he's been in the music game since like 2002 this guy has been making tunes seasoned mm-hmm. vet seasoned vet right here that's a fact uh he just came out with his newest ep it's got some pizzazz it's titled fire Word. we're going to talk to him about that going to talk about life life in burlington he recently nice. just ran into uh, Bernie Sanders in the grocery store. Literally, Ooh. just just in the grocery store, just just walking through. Casually walking. Yeah, just just getting groceries for him and his wife. Just being Bernie, just feeling <laughs> the burn. It's crazy, crazy. Uh, nice. We're gonna we're gonna get there, but first we need to start where we start. Hmm. Birthday suit. All right. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Demarcus, I'm pretty confident about this one. Um, even okay, though he okay. has he has some uh, social media posts about how people never recognize him, I am pretty positive you'll know who it is. So ah. uh, we've got 85%. I've got 85%. 85. Yeah. Okay. I okay. can deal with 85. Okay, so he's born in San Diego, California, May 12, 1968. Hmm. Birthday suit uh, wearer was the youngest of four siblings. At a young age, he found skateboarding, which his parents encouraged because it helped him channel some of his hyperactive behavior. His skills developed at a phenomenal pace, and he actually became a professional skater at the age of 14. Jeez. He was so successful at skating that he bought his first house when he was a senior in high school off of his winnings from skateboarding. He became a world champion 12 years years in a row by the National Skateboard Association from 1983 to 1995. Wow. In 1999, he became the first skater to ever land a 900 on the skateboard. Say what? In 2016, he performed the same trick at the age of 48 and posted the video on Twitter. In his uh, his first video game, debuted at 19, in 1999, still is produced. He's often cited as one of the most influential skateboarders of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is correct. Yes. Woo. Tony. He's, 
I used right. to love playing this game on the PlayStation, man. Good stuff, man. I know a lot of people. Oh, yeah. That's one of those that, for some reason, I never got. Like, I don't know ah, what happened. Man. I mean, I, I I played it at some other people's houses, but I never got it myself. So, Gosh. Now, uh, that, was, that was a classic. It was. It was. I played a lot of SSX. I don't know if you ever played mm. that. That was a snowboarding mm -hmm. game. That was good stuff yep. right there. I, was, I remember that one. I was a big fan of that. I was much bigger fan of digital snow than real snow. So true. It was uh, <laughs> very nice to be in digital snow. You didn't get uh, cold and wet from digital snow, you know? This, this is true. Now, now, have you ever seen the highlights of uh, Tony Hawk uh, going up to people and people not knowing who Tony Hawk is? <laughs> I have. I saw uh, some of his Twitter posts. Those are pretty awesome. I love those. <laughs> yeah. uh, because they're and like I, I get it. He's Tony Hawk. Like if you if if Tony Hawk walked up to my house, I probably wouldn't recognize who he was. Nope. If he was just yeah. like you know, he was like, hey, I'm gonna come fix your window. I'd be like, all right, what? And then, you know, like I, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, it's Tony Hawk. He's pretty yeah. normal looking, you know. Yeah, he's not he's like a regular looking dude. Pretty, pretty not stand out of a crowd. But you know what? He is turning 50, 53 years old. Tony Hawk is fifty three. Shout out to the talk to the Hulk himself. Yeah, it's crazy too that he landed a nine hundred at forty eight. That's insane. That's, that's insane for sure. I can't even get a skateboard off the ground. Nope. And that dude did a <laughs> uh, fu funny, funny story about um, uh, mm. skating. Here's here's my mm -hmm. real quick story about skating. Uh, my friend uh, Isaac Mitchell had a party at a skate park when I was growing mm -hmm. up. I think this was uh, sixth grade, um, and I didn't skateboard at all. So mm. you know, I had to play it cool. And right, right. Uh, wear my rollerblades because I'm Wait, super cool. What? So you put on your blades, and now, man, right? God, right, I was cool. Right. So I show up <laughs> nope. in my rollerblades, and they're going down like half pipes and stuff. Now, this was a really crappy skate park. This is right. in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, right? So it's like a half skate park. And the, the, the board is literally, the half pipe is made out of plywood, people. Ew. Plywood. Plywood. So, I'm up at the top of the uh, the uh, half pipe, and I'm you know I'm crapping my pants a little bit. I'm like, oh geez, this is well, this is higher than I thought it was. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Oh. And like halfway, right as I'm getting ready to go down the half pipe, I'm like, yep, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna slide down this thing. I slide <laughs> down this thing. That plywood goes all up my. Oh. I mean, I had giant six-inch splinters uh, in my butt from that plywood. It what? was unpleasant. Why Just, am I picturing this shit happening? It, it was bad because it was bad. It's one of those things you can't get out of. I had my friend Isaac pulling out pieces oh, of wood. Man. Oh, oh. Mm, really, needless to say, turn me off of half pipes for a long time. Long time. I could and, imagine. Anyways, Tony, happy birthday, man. 53. 53. Nice. Uh, DeMarcus, you ready? Ready to rip some headlines? Man, let's rip those headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Hmm. All right. Uh, so this first one here, this is a story out of Europe. Now... I think we've covered uh, the Chernobyl uh, disaster before, um, mm. but you know the Chernobyl disaster was back in the day, back in the mm. '80s. There was a nuclear power plant 
in Chernobyl, right. which was in the the former USSR, mm-hmm. and um, it basically they had a, a, a accident there that caused a whole bunch of damage. Uh, Sixty-eight mm-hmm. billion dollars in damage. Hundred thousand people had to be evacuated out of a nineteen-mile radius around the power plant because of the levels of radiation. Jeez! Mm-hmm. And because of the extremely long life of the radioactive material, it's still closed down. Like they've mm-hmm. still got nuclear cleanup scheduled until twenty sixty-five. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, got to go on for a little bit now. I feel like most of the listeners, after I read that, were like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that. Well, guess who does, listeners? Hmm. Apparently, there is a spirit company that wants to be a part of Chernobyl. Yes. The Chernobyl... Yeah, Chernobyl Spirit Company. You know, as in alcohol spirits. That's a fact. Uh, This company promotes itself as the first consumer product since the 1986 nuclear disaster from Chernobyl. So... The Chernobyl uh, Spirit Company is run by scientists who work in the 4,000-square-kilometer Chernobyl exclusion zone. Hmm. Their studies have included growing experimental crops to find out if grain and other food in the zone could be used to make products that are safe to consume. The researchers say this could allow communities to grow and sell sell produce, something that is currently illegal on officially contaminated land. Hmm. And they're actually starting a new product. Their oh. first their first artisanal spirit is called Atomic. Word. What? Yeah. No, no way. Atomic. And they said in the announcement, they said, yeah, it's no more radioactive than any other vodka. That was yeah. that was their comment. How no. about they be the guinea pigs and try it out for themselves? That's a fact. Like, you know, Demarcus, I'm no marketing whiz, but I would say if I was working with them, hey, maybe don't lean into the fact that your product was created from produce grown on the worst nuclear disaster in history. Like, right. maybe... So true. Maybe just, you know, I, I know it may be true, but it's not going to help sell your product. It's, it's like yeah. if an egg supplier decided to stop calling eggs eggs and instead go with baby chicken guts like yeah <laughs> Ew. maybe true sure Peter would be all over that yeah i don't i don't think it would help sell products i i don't want <laughs> any of this atomic booze doesn't sound like no thank you it's <laughs> just weird right anyway do like what you just said atomic booze yeah atomic booze. Too. <laughs> well that's better than just atomic you know yeah. let's Add booze on there. That'll work. There you go. Anyways, DeMarcus, uh, here's another story out of America. Apparently, Subway, they've got a new series of sandwiches out. Uh, They're called Fresh Melts. Fresh Melts. Yeah, they're extremely cheesy. Got a lot of cheese on them. They're so cheesy, in fact, that the Subway Franchise Association said that the uh, safety hazards that the sandwich presents to employees makes it so that they cannot endorse this new product. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. These sandwiches wow. are so cheesy, they're hazardous to the employees. Um, <laughs> apparently, the Franchise Association is concerned with safety because the sandwich has to be placed in the toaster by hand. Word. What? Yeah. I mean... You know me, D. I'm I'm not one to side with management too often. <laughs> nope. But last time I checked, it still is a sandwich, right? Like, right. 
Their their fresh melts aren't made out of battery acid and fire, right? Like, <laughs> I they hope not. They don't have some tongs in the back that they can't just <laughs> shove the sandwich in <laughs> with. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do. It has to be put in by hand. That's all we got. This is really unsafe. Like, seems so weird. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I do agree. I think the Subway headquarters could upgrade their little toaster ovens that basically look like they're from a freshman dorm room. Like, yeah. that, so true. that might help the situation, too. I'm just, you know, just spitballing here. That's a fact. Right, right. I agree. I, I, I agree. don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm interested, though. Like, I didn't even know these... these this existed that there was a headquarters and a franchise association you know this because like i find it weird that somebody could walk into a subway and be like hey i saw that uh fresh melt i'd like one of those and they'd be like oh we do not we do not support those in here we had a <laughs> we had an employee die from making one of those earlier today <laughs> what really well he burned his finger so it was pretty close <laughs> all right like what Weird. So true. Weird. Uh, this is an interesting one out of my former hometown. I'm sure uh, you probably saw this. Columbia, South Carolina, DeMarcus. Uh, did you see this uh, about a, uh, a basic trainee escaping from uh, from Fort Jackson? I, I did. That was in freaking insane. So true. Yeah, it's pretty weird. So uh, an Army basic trainee at Fort Jackson, for you folks that aren't familiar with Columbia, Fort Jackson, huge army base uh, located in Columbia. Uh, mm -hmm. He was charged with dozens of crimes after running off the base and holding an elementary school bus hostage. Wait, what? So, apparently this basic trainee last week was on post on base around 7 a.m. when he decided, you know what? Nah. And he just ran off the base with his <laughs> rifle. Like, he just... Just out of nowhere, just stopped yeah. what he was doing and ran off the base with his rifle. <laughs> and he he first tried to flag some cars down on the interstate, and then he gave up on that, and he came up onto a bus stop where mm -hmm. kids were waiting for the bus, and he waited for the bus to arrive where he jumped on the bus and told the driver, hey, I don't want to hurt anybody. Just drive. Drive me to the next town, man. And... Uh, <laughs> They drove a couple of minutes, and the kids just, you know how kids do. They didn't really care that this guy had a gun and was a little bit, you know, off his rocker. They were just like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And why are we going to school? And, like, he got, apparently he got tired of these kids asking all these questions. So he threw the kids <laughs> off the bus and the bus driver off and then drove the bus a little bit by himself before he was like, you know what? This is probably a pretty big target. Maybe I should just try to go on foot. So then he jumped out of the bus and ran off on foot. Uh, he eventually, of course, got caught. Yep, um, that's a fact. So there's so many things here, listeners, that I want to... I, I mean, this story is chock full <laughs> of interesting things. First of all, this basic trainee really, really needed to phone a friend before all of this went down. Yeah. Like, you know? Like, I mean, if a friend calls me up and is like, hey, listen... This army thing's not for me. I'm thinking tomorrow morning, I'm going to go AWOL by running away on foot with my rifle. Hmm. Then instead of just walking away, I'm going to flag a bus down and hold the bus driver uh, and kids at gunpoint. And, you know, as the friend, I would say, maybe don't. You know? <laughs> so true. Uh, like, I mean, you, you come on, bro. You think the army is bad? Wait till you get to prison. <sighs> I, 
I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the rate of <laughs> is higher in prison than in, in the army. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure on those, but I'm pretty positive. Uh, second, can we just spare a thought for both the kids on the side of the street and the bus driver when the escape basic trainee comes up? Yeah. Like, I sort of started thinking about it. Like, because it said, you know, he waited for the bus to get there. Hmm. Like, were there kids already standing there with, like, their book bags? <laughs> and, here and then he is with a gun. Yeah, and then all of a sudden this sweaty dude in fatigues with the <laughs> rifle pops up beside him, and they're just like, uh. Like, if I'm, I'm, one, if I'm one of those kids, I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I just realized I forgot my calculator, so... <laughs> I'm going to go get that. Word. So it's, it's, it's not because you've got a gun and you're standing here. Nope. It's because of the calculator. So, hey, if the bus comes, you just tell them to go ahead. Take off with me. No worries, right? I'm going to – I got to go get back that. So, you just hang here. Like, what? So weird. Lastly. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be like a Lifetime movie about this or something later down gotta the road. Got to be, man. Got to <laughs> be. Lastly, uh, call me a bad bus driver. But if I'm coming down the road and I see the dude in fatigues with a gun trying to flag me down, mm -hmm. I'm not stopping at that bus stop. Nope. I'm not happening. <laughs> I'm driving right through. I don't yeah. care if there are kids with him. Yeah. I'm calling the police and being like, hey, there's a crazy dude at one of my stops. You guys need to check that out. Hope those kids are all right. <laughs> so true. I mean, I'm just playing numbers. I got like 20 kids on the bus. There's three yeah. kids on the side. Sorry, kids on the side. These kids and me are keeping going. That's what happens. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Right. That's such a weird story, though, right? On. Yeah. Now, here's another weird one. Uh, this is out of Ontario. Hmm. So, uh, Frank, I guess we had a Stotty, I guess his last name. Stotty, hmm. Frank Stotty, uh, needed some service done on his 2017 Altima. Hmm. Nissan Altima. Sweet. Now, the only issue, wasn't really a big issue that he was having, his, uh, his backup camera was uh wasn't working every now and then so he tried hmm. to back up and his camera wasn't firing up which i mean you know that's what we have mirrors for Girl, frank could have held on to it but you know he's a classy dude he wanted his camera back right, so right. frank had just switched insurance companies to uh one of those companies i'm guessing progressive that monitors your uh, driving by placing a monitor in your car right mm. and you get your mm -hmm. little app there and so he dropped his uh, his car off to get service at the Nissan dealership in Ontario. And uh, that night, after he dropped his car off, he noticed he got a notice from his app that the car was going down the road at 95 miles per hour hmm. and was about 40 miles away from the dealership. And obviously, when Frank saw this, he was like, oh, crap, my car's stolen. Somebody stole my car from the, the Nissan dealership. So he called the police. And the police showed up. And the tracking device led them to one of the Nissan services technicians' houses. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the technicians that just drove the, 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 the car home. And, and uh, when the dealership was contacted about this, the operating partner of the dealership said, yeah, we had the permission to take the vehicle home. What? Hmm. Yeah. We inform all owners uh, that uh, that it's common to to assess problems like this. That if we can't figure out and uh, we can't diagnose a vehicle, we will ask the consum consumer, may we drive the vehicle home 
so that we can diagnose it overnight. Word. That is not uncommon in the automotive industry if you're struggling to diagnose it. To which I say, bull Mr. <laughs> Nissan man. Like, come on. Like, what is this service technician driver going to figure out? Did he drive the whole way backwards? It's a camera <laughs> to back up. Like, what does he need right. to do driving down the road at 95? Like, oh, now I see. Now I got it. Like, <laughs> what is that? Like, yeah. Blam. Yeah. And you know how many times I've been to a dealership for service and not once have they said, hey, man, uh, we're going to need to take this car home with us. Like, that's never happened. That's just weird. That is some weird. Second, uh, like if you're at a car dealership, why didn't want, why didn't he just drive one of the used cars home? Like there's so yeah. much less liability All with right. that, and it's like essentially the same thing. Why not do it? Like I don't. Instead, this guy's like, no way. This is 2017 Altima. Mm -hmm. That's where I. That's where it's at. I got to do this. <laughs> like <coughs> also. I find it weird that the owner-operating partner is covering up for this service dude. Like, I feel mm. like there's some kind of smuggling operation going on out of this Nissan dealership. Oh, it has to be. Like, there is something mm. else going on. Because otherwise, you know that owner-operator isn't going to take uh, take a hit for the team like that. Right. He'd throw that guy under the bus in two seconds and be like, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. He should be fired immediately. I hate that guy. <laughs> so true. Like, instead, he was like, oh, no, totally, totally normal. No mm -hmm. reason to check this out. Like, something weird. Yep. The Canada police, check on that. Check on that <laughs> Nissan, that Nissan dealership. Something funky is going on there. Anyways... DeMarcus, we are going to take a break right now. We are going to hear from our guest. We are going to hear from Ryan Montblue. This is his song, Enough Pain, right here on the Doc G Show. Too little shade and too much sun. You get burned, get just enough pain to learn from. Far, you move too fast You test your heart out, you scale it back You get just enough blood to burn, son Oh, why the many Sundays? Why the sickness? Why the rage? I needed just enough pain to learn from Oh, why'd I do it that way? What is this now or this day? Can I have just one something not go wrong? Take any more. I stay inside of my door to hide the pain. And I, I mean it this time. I've been pushed too far across that line, and I, I guess I'm fine. Out to somewhere your heart can talk You get all the space in the world for it You take a lick and then you take it strong You take abuse now but not for long You take just enough pain to learn from Oh, why the ready Sundays? Why get blasted? Why get blazed? Why does nothing feel the same when I burn? Oh, 
why the medicine days The real, 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 real mama said she wants you to learn, son To learn, son And I, I can't take any more I stay inside of my door To hide the pain And I Guess I'm fine Guess I'm Other know you should be knowing and you're heading in blind at the turn, son. Too little shoes to make you walk. Out to some way a heart can talk. You get all the space in the world. On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. Listeners, if you are listening on the radio and you would like to listen to this anytime you want, well, I advise you to check out the podcast. So many options of where you can check out that podcast. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, our website, www.docgshow.com. All of these will lead you to all of the episodes of our show, which off the top of my head, I think we're at 223 shows. You can enjoy five years of low-quality, not-fun Doc G shows with attempts at jokes. (laughs) Attempts! At jo- I'm Wait, sorry, what? Demarcus. I let it get a. I let it <laughs> let it overcome me again. I'm sorry. I'll try to. Sorry, contain myself. But listeners, hey. 
You know, you know, the listeners, if you have time, make sure you check it out. We need to appreciate the folks that listen right now with mm. some shout outs to Marcus. Big shout outs. Shout-outs. Mm-hmm. So first, we need to do all the regulars, and I'm going to try to do all the regulars in one breath again here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting pretty efficient at this. Okay. I think I can do this pretty well here. So here we go. So <clears throat> regulars. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Anoka, Minnesota, Winfield, West Virginia, Barcelona, Spain, Katy, Texas, Richardson, Texas, Boardman, Oregon, Dublin, Ireland, Genoa, Italy, San Diego, California, Ashburn, Virginia, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Shout out. Yes. Nice. Yes. All of those regulars. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. Time to throw out a couple other newbies here. Well, not all newbies. First off, Frisco, Texas, Demarcus. Mm, Frisco, there. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we have listens from Frisco every now and then. Shout out to Detour Donuts. Detour mm. Donuts. Yeah. Amos Lee gave us the the lowdown on some uh on or not Amos Lee. Reverend Sean Amos gave us mm. the the lowdown on some Detour Donuts. So, mm-hmm. never actually had one, but man, you go to their website, mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead, get excited. It's Ugh. it it looks delicious. It looks delicious. Nice. Uh next shout out to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. I didn't realize how close Santa Fe is to Albuquerque. Hmm. They're like they're like 50 miles away from each other. Really? Yeah, it's like that huge and then they're just right beside yeah. each other. Like I never, the, never knew that. Yeah. I think they need to share an NBA team. Santa Ooh. Fe and Albuquerque. Just put it right there. You yeah. know? The 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 Santa Fe Sand Wizards. <laughs> okay, there's already there's already wizards. Sand Devils. The the, the Santa Fe Sand Devils. Boom! Oh, yeah. I can there see it is. That. Yep. Make it happen, guys. Make it. it happen. I think I mean, you know, I always think the the small market teams. They've got mm-hmm. a dedicated fan base, you know? Yeah. yeah. they got a dedicated fan. I mean, like Seattle back in the day. Why'd you get rid of the Supersonics? Those guys, they still mm-hmm. want they still want basketball, and it's been mm-hmm. like 20 years since they've had a team. Okay, yep. not 20. It's been like 12. But still, right. been right. a long time. Been mm-hmm. a long time. Anyway, shout out to Santa Fe. Nice. Uh, next, Cottom. Cottom, Canada. Cottom. Okay. Literally like 10 miles from Detroit. Like, nice. you're right over the river from Detroit. Huh. Crazy. Like, you're actually far, further south in Cottom than in Detroit, which is hmm. wild to think. But That's crazy. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Geography, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Crazy. So true. Uh, next, shout out to Longmount, Colorado. Nice. Yeah, it's about 30 miles north of Denver. Apparently, it was founded by some dudes from Chicago. So they just called it Chicago, Colorado Colony for a while, <laughs> which is really not inventive. Wow. Oh, where are you guys from? Chicago? Yeah, let's just call it Chicago. Uh, but we're in Colorado. Okay, Chicago, Colorado. Okay, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Like, come on, guys. At least they 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 get went a little bit further. Went with Longmont. Nice. Shout out to Longmont. Uh, and then we got Mineola, New York, on uh, Long Island. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Big shout out. Yeah, right beside Hempstead. We've had some folks from Hempstead listens before, so shout out to all Long Island. Hmm. Love love our Long Island listens. 
Uh, okay. Okay. That's, uh, of course, we love all of our listens. Thank you for listening. Uh, keep listening. You'll get on that list of, uh, of regulars, guys. You want to get on there. You want me to say your name in mm-hmm. a, a heated a heated run of, mm-hmm. of names across the country. It'll make you feel good. Nope. So do it. Do it. Uh, DeMarcus, we've got a couple stories here to go over that we didn't get to. Um, okay. So... This, this is an interesting uh, story about a study that was done at UCLA. So this is about vaccine hesitancy, DeMarcus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they recently surveyed 7,000 folks that hadn't got vaccinated because they're skeptical of the vaccine. And they mm-hmm. found that 31% of these people would be more likely to get vaccinated if they were offered $50 to get the vaccine. <laughs> 50 bucks. Wait, what? 50 bucks. 31%. 31% of these people are like, no way in that vaccine. 50 bucks. And they're like, I guess that works. Like, that's all all it took. Like, wow. Once again, before I move on for further analysis, uh, let me tell you, listeners, you should definitely get the vaccine. I'm not Mm -hmm. a physician. I do have a PhD in physiology. And I fully endorse the vaccine. Let me tell mm-hmm. you that. Mm-hmm. But these folks that are hesitant to get the vaccine, <laughs> who think that the vaccine would like ruin their health, that ruin their life, and these folks are like, uh, yeah, but $50, that's pretty nice. <laughs> like, what? It's the same amount of money you get working five hours at 7 Eleven, and you're like, oh, it's totally right. worth it. Uh, I was like, come on. Come on, guys. Ridiculous. That's what's holding us up from getting immunity in our country. People that are waiting out on $50. 50 uh, bucks. Girl, come on. DeMarcus, have you seen the news? You have seen the news because before we came on the air, you mentioned it. Bill Gates getting a divorce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My man, well, Billy. Yeah. Well, as you know, you know, sports bets have to get in on everything. Mm-hmm. And they got in on this too. They got in on this. So what? sportsbetting.ag has odds on who Bill Gates is going to start going out with after his divorce is final. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I've got to say there is no way I would take any of these bets. Any <laughs> one of them is not worth it. So let me go through a couple of these here. They've got Jennifer Aniston as a 33 to 1 odds of getting with Bill Gates. (laughs) I don't know if I could picture that one. No, like, come, like, unless that bet was like 1,000 to 1. And even at that, I'm still putting like a buck on it. I'm like, all right, I guess (laughs) I might get a thousand out of this. Here you go. Like, go, you 33 to 1? No way. Now, the next one, they've got Jane Fonda on there. What? At 50 to 1. Jane Fonda, (laughs) who's literally, listeners, 20 years older than Bill Gates. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to give me like 4,000 to 1 on that one. (laughs) And I'm still only putting like 50 cents on it. I'm like, I'm not even, not a whole dollar's not going to go down on that one. Sorry. Nope. Then hmm. this one, this one's close to being almost as insane as is the last one. But they've got sixty to six, uh, sixty-six to one odds for Hillary Clinton. What? What? Hillary Clinton. 
She's married. Right. And they got 66 to 1. What about <laughs> Slick Willie betters? Like, is he just going to go away? Like, Bill Clinton, no, oh, well, he's not as rich as Bill Gates. Sorry. Like, yeah. what? God, like, that one, I've got to get, like, at least 10,000 to 1. And I still don't know if I'm taking it with 10,000 to 1, man. And then here's here's the most insane one, DeMarcus. Here's, here's the craziest one. They've got Queen Elizabeth on there really? at 1,000 to 1. No, 1,000 to 1. Just bull well, I, I'm not taking that one for anything less than 50,000 to 1. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, and even still with that $1, I'm like, they just got my $1. Man, yeah. no, like, <laughs> come on, Queen Elizabeth? No right. way. No way. She's now, she's on the market. Is she, I mean, she's on the market. I don't know if she's on the market. Uh, I, she's on the market for, for quiet and tea, I think, is what she's on the market for. <laughs> not looking for any l dude company. That's not what yeah. the... I mean, look at the queen's face. That is not a face that says, <laughs> I am looking for dude company. Nope. That is a face that says, you get out of here. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know. Anyways, you're lovely, queen. So uh, anyways... I think, you know, I was thinking about this when I was looking at all these bets. I mean, mm -hmm. I know they're looking at who Bill's going to end up, but depending on how the divorce goes, I'm just saying, Melinda, let's find mm -hmm. out who she's going with. Like, maybe me? Huh? Hey, huh? I say you go on her Instagram and slide in her DM right say now. Say what? I mean, I wouldn't mind having a couple of billion dollars to play around with. I mean, hang out with Melinda. <laughs> That'd be cool, right? That'd right. be nice. Yeah. Just saying. Don't call me a gold digger just because I am. That's not a. That's crazy. Anyways, hey, just I go hope get hit her with a big head message in her DM. <laughs> what? Just say hey, what's up, big head? What? <laughs> uh, totally work. One hundred percent. Does she even have? I mean, I guess she has an Instagram. No, I, don't I, even, I, I I would think she does all that charity work. Yeah. Uh, Google that right now. Melinda Gates Instagram. We got anything? Got, uh, Melinda French Gates. She's got 867,000 followers. Man, she is killing the Doc G nice. show. Right. Good Lord. Look at yeah. Can you imagine having those followers, Doc? If yeah, you and wild. her get together, that's what you I'm have saying. the billions and the, the followers. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. And she doesn't have one post about the Doc G show on here right now. That's... <laughs> Unfortunate. Oh, you got all these other things about saving the world and whatnot. Right. Not that's a, important. Nope. Come on, Melinda. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Man, not one thing about her getting divorced either. That mm. <laughs> think that think that'd be on our storyline. <laughs> so I'm getting divorced. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Uh that's enough of that. Uh, uh good luck to you both, Bill and Melinda. I'm sure you'll both land on your feet. Uh Demarcus, ready for the second birthday suit? Let's do it. Okay, I've got a comedian. I've got a football player. Which one would you rather have right now? Man, let's go with comedian. Okay, all right. Born on May 12, 1937 in New York City. Our birthday suit wearer went to a Roman Catholic high school, but then transferred to public high school, but he was expelled after three semesters. Didn't end up graduating and ended up going into the Air Force where he became a radar technician. While stationed near Shreveport, he started work as a disc jockey. In 1959, he met a fellow DJ, Jack Burns, in Fort Worth, Texas, and they made a radio show together called 
the Wright Brothers. Mm. After the radio show, our birthday suit wearer started to focus primarily on stand-up. By the end of the 60s, he started to change his look. He grew his hair out, had earrings, and he started performing in smaller clubs like the Troubadour. Many people said our birthday suit wearer's material was a newer version of social commentary like Lenny Bruce's. His uh, routine, Seven Dirty Words, caused a lot of drama with the FCC and all over the country, but it only increased his fame. In 1976, he stopped touring during a time, a period of time, uh, when he later revealed he stopped touring because he had a heart attack, which is the first of three. Not long after that, he recorded two of his uh, first HBO specials. Our birthday suit wearer continued to make comedy up until his death in 2008. He's one of the most recognized, influential comedians in history, with Bill Burr, John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., and many, many more saying they were influenced by him. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dude, I am completely stunned. White dude, beard, uh, gray hair. Uh, by the time uh, in the 2000s, he didn't have much hair left. Uh, sort of a gravelly voice. Hmm. GC are his initials. GC. Hmm. I don't know, Doc. I okay. Think you got me on this. All one. right. George Carlin. George ah. Carlin. You've heard the name, right? Heard that name before. Yeah, he got really famous over the old uh, Seven Dirty Words deal. Hmm. Uh, that was, you know, that was... Uh, he's usually put up there sort of like a Mount Rushmore as far as comedians. Him, Richard Pryor are usually two of the most cited from any, like, uh, uh, current comedian. George Carlin and, and, and Richard Pryor are like the two go-to. Because they were sort of like the, you know, they were the progressive guys in the six, 60s and 70s that did all the crazy stuff. Mm. Like the like the seven dirty words, uh, which, you know, got all kinds of FCC uh, trouble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, George Carlin, man, he was, he was definitely one of the best until uh, mm. 2008. Had heart trouble, obviously, and that's uh, that's what ended his life. But uh, 70, 71 when he when he passed away there. So hmm. George Carlin, happy birthday, George! Shout out. Um, I don't know if there's any George yeah. Carlin documentaries yeah. out there. I haven't checked. I'll let the listeners know. I'll look into hmm. it. Anyways, happy birthday to George Carlin, seventy one. We are going to take a break. We will be right back with Ryan Mont Blue here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are extremely excited to have a talented songwriter and singer who just released their newest EP, Fire, last week, Mr. Ryan Montblue. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So how's everything up in uh, Burlington? Burlington is a pretty has been a pretty, uh, I think, a wonderful place to be during all this that the world's been going through. Uh, so I love it here. I love living here. I love Vermont. It's pretty mellow up here, man. 
Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had uh, some guests from Bur. I, well, I, I don't know if they're from Burling. We had uh, Pete Bernhard from The Devil Makes Three, and I'm not sure if he was from Burlington oh, nice. or just. I know I know it's Vermont, but I think I, I don't think he actually lived in Burlington. But it sounds really nice. It looks really nice, especially during summer. Now winter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's cold, but you get a nice jacket. You know, you're fine. Okay. I'm fine. Get a nice coat. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Well, I noticed uh, in 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 Vermont there just like a month and a half ago, you were you were in the grocery store, and Bernie pops through. Bernie Sanders yeah. just rolling through in your grocery store. That's crazy. He's a local, you know. We I had always heard he went to that grocery store and I was like, "Oh, one of these times I'll see him." And I saw him. And then I lived in an apartment before the house I live in now. Mm-hmm. Um last year my girlfriend and her daughter saw him walking by in the park like where we were. It's wild. Went out to see him and like, "What's up, Bernie?" Yeah, he's he's uh, you know, he's around. A man of his constituency. Nice. I I just love Bernie. He's just so just straightforward, man. I just love I love Bernie too, and I don't. People talk about him like he's the devil or something, where they don't <laughs> like him, and it's like, really, really, Bernie. Like even when I posted, like the guy's just in the grocery store by himself on a random Tuesday night or whatever, buying groceries for him and his wife. Yeah, and people are like he's a he's a millionaire in disguise. He's like you know he's he's really rich and all this. It's like I don't know. He didn't seem like a rich billionaire jerk when I saw him. He was just buying groceries. Like I don't know that that guy walks the walk. Yeah, yeah, he shoots it straight. That's that's why I love like everybody just loved the the funniness of the mittens and everything. I just loved it because it shows who Bernie <laughs> is in that picture. Because he, you could tell he was like, "What is yeah. all this nonsense? Let's just get back to work. He, We've got things to do." He was wearing the same jacket when I saw him in the grocery yeah. store. He's wearing the same jacket. It's like you know, it's a little bit warmer. He didn't need the mittens, but he did have the jacket. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I do, I, I do. That's one of the things, though, that I love about Vermont. Straight shooters. Most people in Vermont, straight shooters. They'll, they'll, they'll tell it like it is, man. I think so, and it's friendlier here than other places in the Northeast. I'm from Boston, you know what I mean? And yeah. I love Boston, and I love Massachusetts. That'll always be home. But it's not in our culture to be friendly to strangers right <laughs> off the bat. It's kind of just... You know, like the first time I went out, out west and I talked to a, a stranger in a bar, you know, a yeah. stranger in a bar started talking to me in like Denver. I yeah. was like, what's this guy's problem? You know, the Boston <laughs> in me is like ready to go. And then it's like, oh, no, people are just friendly to each other. And they're like that here, you know, in, in Vermont, I find in Burlington, especially they're just very friendly people. I was I was going to I was going to bring that up because, you know, yeah, I knew obviously that you grew up around Boston and I had a couple of roommates in college from the Boston area and and they took pride in being loud, brash, massholes. Yeah. That's what they I mean Yeah, I was going to say, oh, you had roommates from Boston. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> they I mean, uh, they were they were fun. Yeah. You just had to get used to that was what they did. Now, like and I I sort of wonder, yeah. do you embrace the masshole personality or do you embrace the the Vermont personality now? <laughs> No, I think I mean I'm I'm from Massachusetts. I think especially after a few drinks, the Boston comes out <laughs> a little more, maybe, and the accent is in there more than it is, you know, now or something. But um, yeah, no, somebody tried to uh, not too long ago give me a, a sticker up here that said Vermont AF, <laughs> and I was like, 
nah, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not, there's, like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a Massachusetts boy, you know, like, but I, you know, I love being here. I'm a New England guy, you know, it's all yeah. New England, so. That's true. That's cool, but um, I definitely identify more with math. I still have, I still have some Massachusetts driving tendencies, you know, <laughs> that will kind of drive me nuts with everyone taking their time and being calm in Vermont. I'm like, let's go. I got places to go. <laughs> It's kind. Of, I mean, it is. It is wild, and always when I go to the Northeast, because you get used to it spread out down here in the South, and like, I mean, you know, you can literally yeah. drive eight hours in Florida and still be in Florida, and like, you know, sure. You and Jacksonville is one of the biggest cities in the country by land, isn't it? Like, yeah, hugely wide, and it's yeah. the whole county, all yeah. of Duval County. That is, yeah, we're just yep. all over. And that's one of the things that I tell people that, like, gets me about Jacksonville is that whenever you want to go somewhere, go ahead and assume, not only because of distance, but also because of traffic, it's going to take, like, an hour. I mean, in the city, you're like, oh, where are yeah. we going? And it's across the city, but it's going to take at least an hour just because it's so big and there's traffic yeah. all the way through. It's It's... Very, very different. I mean, obviously the traffic, very similar to the Northeast, but you guys are compact. You're just like, I mean, you know, everything, yeah. you can go through three states in like four hours and, you know, can't, can't. Yeah, which helps me out as a touring artist. It's helped me out a lot being in the Northeast, yeah. you know, because I can get to so many different places to play within a few hours of each other. Well, well. Real quick, back to to Burlington. Real quick, uh, yeah. Never actually been. I, I would like to go at some point. Now I'm definitely if I go, it's gonna be like July. It's not. It's not gonna because I will fall apart. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. It, it's like heaven here in the summer. It really. Yeah, is. exactly. Exactly. Where here it's like hell. So you know, it's it's 95 yeah. and 95 percent humidity, and everybody is inside looking like oh god. Looks so hot outside. Yeah. I love it, but you know, a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> Anyways, so if sure. I come up to Burlington and I say I call you up and I say, Ryan, I've got one meal in Burlington. Where should I eat? What's your go to ace in the hole for, for Burlington to tell a person that's that's the place you need to check out? Oh man, there's a lot of good food here. So there's I I mean, it sounds like a cop-out, but I basically have three answers. Farmhouse oh. is like the, there's like my go-to, like just really great quality food, like mm -hmm. great bang for your buck. That's like my number one. Nice. And then if you want like the experience of going down to Church Street and having a nice like table and a window outside overlooking mm -hmm. all the people walking by, Lunig's okay. is this great restaurant that's down there with good food. And then there's like, if you want like the like dope, like farm to table fancy but awesome like amazing restaurant fancy experience like a gourmet experience mm -hmm. um hen of the wood there's a place called hen of the wood that's like all farm to table and, and super high level stuff yeah man that's where i like i went on my birthday but i've also been to lunings on my birthday but i love all those places there's a lot of there's a lot of great food and bars here and a lot of great beer here i i didn't even know the i didn't even know about the beer thing that much <laughs> until i came here and then i put on a few pounds when i moved here because there was just so much <laughs> good beer everywhere <laughs> farmhouse lunigs and hint of the wood got them got hen em. hen hen like a chicken hen oh. of the wood oh yep. okay yep. jeez oh man I, well i would have found which i think is the name <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would have found it got, got there and been like is that hen no he said Plus, hen. we got a guest room man come stay up here man yes. it's nice yes i'm coming man i can't wait 
I actually, I've, I've got, <laughs> we had on the show a, a good while back now, I guess two years back. They're sort of, they were a viral sensation. Uh, they, they're called the, the 420 Old Fat Lesbians. Um, and <laughs> they have they have an Instagram, and they're just two old ladies that happen to be lesbians and love to smoke weed, and they live in Maine. And uh, I've been telling them, Sue and Lee, I'm going to go up and see them. So I need to make just, I'll, I'll make a little, you know, hook out to Vermont and then go back into Maine, see Sue and Lee afterwards, you know. Or maybe have Sue and Lee come down to Vermont. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work. Yeah. <laughs> should find something to do in New Hampshire then because you're going to have to go through New Hampshire or go down to Boston and back up to Vermont because mm. there's kind of mountains in between in between here in Maine. Mm. But it's a nice drive too. Yeah. Mm, I we'll, don't find, know. we'll find some stuff for you to do. I was about to say, there, there's there's plenty of stuff. I mean, I could go. Yeah, I need to go to Boston <laughs> too. I need to, I need to check out Boston. Uh, my brother's been there. Boston's way, great. My brother's been there way more than me. I have a couple of, like I said, I have a, a couple of great friends from Boston. But uh, never, never actually. I've, I think I've stopped there once, but I've never actually like. Uh, that's been my destination. I have a lot of. I have a lot of favorite yeah. Boston movies. What's your? What's your? As a Bostonite, nice. what's your favorite <laughs> Boston movie? Oh man, I don't know. It's always cool to see Boston in a movie. The Departed is pretty amazing. Yes. I've been thinking about. Um, Black Mass recently because oh, like yeah. it wasn't the best movie like you didn't learn a lot of new facts about Whitey Bulger or anything the plot wasn't great yeah but but um, but Johnny Depp playing Whitey Bulger was like chilling yeah I thought that was incredible and I was I remember I was doing a gig in Boston when they were filming for that outside they had the whole street like roped off with all these cars from the 70s in it and stuff and i don't know always cool to see kind of anything in boston yeah i thought the departed was great though yeah i was gonna say it that was that was my that's my number one boston movie i mean you know just yeah so it's so good it's just i mean so many leonardo dicaprio that's where he really won me over too before that i was like yeah that guy's all right and after that movie, I was he's just like, pretty amazing. Yeah. It's pretty like for a guy who's that big a movie star to still be that good and kind of lose himself in a role or something. Yeah. I, I always like I'm never watching a movie with him and I'm like, oh, there's Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm always just like, oh, that's the character he's playing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like that's uh, he's quite an artist. I mean, he g- um, goes from Boston to to South Africa and or not South Africa and Blood Diamond and then a yeah yeah i mean and then like can you catch me and just all over the place the dude dude does everything and although i think i think just he was in a new movie now and and everyone was making fun of it cuz there was a headline in the new york times yesterday that um Leonardo DiCaprio is unrecognizable in new movie. Like, he, and it just—they show a photo of him in the movie, and it just looks just like him. Only he's got—he's parted his hair down the middle. Oh, what? So everyone was I, who is that guy? On it like, yeah, I don't know. That's definitely Leo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, you know, we had a we had a segment on the show one time about Leo and just the uh, ridiculousness of his uh, his girlfriend list. It's insane. Oh go God! Back. Really? Go back. His his girlfriend list is literally there. I think yeah. I forget how many we counted. The who's who? I think it was like twelve Victoria's Secret models on there, or something like that. <laughs> that literally span thirty years in age. Thirty oh years. Like he dated one girl that was like fifteen years older than him. And then he dated one that was like fifteen years younger than him. It's crazy. Yep. This is crazy. 
Anyways, I got really sidetracked. We're talking about you, not Leo. I mean, Leo's fun to talk about, but uh, I'm going to go on to you. So uh, I wanted to talk about sort of getting into the career, and I noticed that, like, basically your whole, uh, up until college, there, there wasn't too much music fascination. I mean, you played music, you listened to music. It didn't really seem to, you know, start really grabbing hold until college. But I did, I did want to mention one thing I noticed before college. Uh, in another interview, I saw that you were talking about how you, you loved skateboarding uh, and mm-hmm. how you had... Still and, do. And is, this still, is this still the case? You, you said in the interview that you had a subscription to Thrasher Magazine since 1989. Do you still have a subscription? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I still do. Oh, I got to renew right now, actually. But I, I still do, and I save all every issue. Man! So... I, so yeah, it's great. I got like, crates of Thrasher magazines downstairs. Like, just, so you got like three hundred some issues of Thrasher magazine. Yeah, more than that. Some I, yeah, I don't even know. Is it weekly? I them right. It's monthly. Okay, I was about to say. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was about uh, to have like a closet full of those weekly. That'd be insane. Uh, man. Oh man, I got a closet full of New Yorkers, and that's just from like this year. Like, those <laughs> things are crazy. those are weekly. Those are crazy. But did you? Do uh, but yeah, Thrasher. I love like. I'm a I'm a big fan of skateboarding. Yeah. At this point, I'm much more of a fan than I am a skater. You know, I I skate, but not really, but rarely. And I was never a huge skate rat. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. would go skate with my buddy on the weekends, and he would skate every single day. And I was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, my body can just never kind of take it like other people could if they really went after it. Yeah. But I loved skating, you know, and I and I and I would skate, and I've always just been. I just have always loved the art form, you know. People sure. talk about it like it's a sport, and I guess it is, you know. Like, but it's to me, it's an art form, and to so many people, it is. And you know, and I just love it. I love I'm a bigger fan than ever now. I just geek out on that stuff. Nice. Well, did you do? I mean, you you said you're a bigger fan, obviously, than actually doing it. But did you do any over the the pandemic? Very little. Uh, you know, it would take out my longboard or something yeah. and skate by the. I I lived right near a skate park, and I went there. You know, only once or twice, probably during it. I was I broke a part of my shoulder at that skate park like mm. two years ago. Yeah, and you know, I didn't make a conscious decision like I'm not gonna go, but it definitely kind of messed with my head because I wasn't even doing anything. I was doing a kick turn on this quarter pipe. You know, like, yeah. I was doing nothing, and and I just slipped the wrong way and and broke part of my shoulder, and I was like, eh. you know, it just kind of it kind of bugged me out a little bit. It's like you know, so oh yeah, I don't know. I got to get back at it. Yeah. I met Jake Phelps a couple times before he died from Thrasher wow. Magazine, just randomly. I bumped into him on the street once in San Francisco and once in New York City, totally randomly. I was about to say, I was just a big fan of that guy. That's a wild And person. he was like, keep skating. <laughs> so I gotta, Don't I gotta, stop. I got to get back to it. You can't, yeah. can't let him down. Uh, it, no. it is, speaking of, it's Tony Hawk's birthday. Uh Oh, is it? Happy birthday, Tony Hawk. Yeah, he's turning, uh, let's see, what is what is he turning? He's turning uh, 53. 53 for yep. Tony Hawk. He, uh, when he was 48, he posted, that was the last time he posted his, his 900. What? He landed a 900 at the age of 48, which, that's pretty wild. Talk about an art Amazing. form. Yeah, talk talk about art yep. right there. But let, let's talk about your art. Like I said, you started, um, <laughs> you, you started playing a lot in college, and you ended up going to Villanova, which is a great school. And I sort of wondered, being a Boston guy, how did you end up on the, the Philly school? Yeah, I know. It's funny. At the time, well, I, don't, I, apply, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? I, didn't, <laughs> I applied to like 11 schools when I was in high school mm-hmm. and 
was headed towards engineering. We had a good science department. I got good grades. And, yeah. And they told us if you're an engineer, you'd make more money or whatever. So we just, I don't know. I, I, I went into college a chemical engineering major, and I came out an English major. Yeah. And I just thought Villanova was, my, my buddy had, I think, gotten a scholarship to Villanova. Mm. And it just made me, I was like, oh, that seems cool. And it was like, and I just applied. And then I ended up uh, looking at all these schools, and I got into Villanova, and I got, it came down to Villanova and Syracuse, and I, and I just got a good feeling from Villanova and went there. Mm. So I drove from Boston to Villanova every, every time I went to school. Nice. Now, like you said, you started in chemical engineering, uh, went to business, ended up in English. And uh, I, know, I know a pretty good amount of songwriters uh, that, that, you know, are founded in English. That's what they did as their, you know, major. If you, if you were to go back to college, would you still choose English? Uh, like, you know, over music or anything else? I think so. I think because I could not do what I do without the sort of background and studying poetry the way I did and had some brilliant professors and just kind of finding myself there through the words and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't change anything, but I do wish I could go back and put, even like in high school and, and earlier and stuff, I wish I had done like band. Yeah. I wish I did, you know, a little more of that through college or, and yeah, I do. I mean, I would like the experience of going to music school. I, I'm fascinated by it. Anytime I go, even when I would walk around in the neighborhood of like Berkeley in, in Boston, yeah. it's like, I just always think it's so cool because I didn't have that experience. So you're just like walking down the street surrounded by musicians and all these, you know, younger people just like really just just speaking music all the time and thinking about it and working on it and shedding. I, w I wish I had some of that, you know. And then also, yeah, like, you know, like just reading music, things like I'm, I'm trying to catch up now. You know, I've been taking piano lessons during the pandemic. But, yeah. Well, uh, I was, was going to ask you, know. you about that uh, later on. But uh, are you still still taking the lessons or are you just practicing now? Uh, no, I'm doing it. I was supposed to. My teacher uh, canceled our lesson today. But we'll be back at it next week. But I need some time, more time to practice. Come uh, on, anyway. teach. But it's been really nice just to zone out. No, nah, he's good. He's good. <laughs> um, it's been really nice to zone out and practice and not really, it's not really for directly my musical yeah. thing or career that I have, you know, though I know just at some work. point it'll help with that, but it's, it's really for me to like, to just have some work to do and, yeah. and it's fun, you know, and it's challenging. It's humbling as hell too. It's like, I'm a beginner. I'm like, you know, I've been, a, I've been making a living as a musician for 20 years, but you know, get me in front of a staff of music, and I'm like, all right, every good boy does. <laughs> this is a D. This is a D. Yeah, you know, like it's really. I'm a, I'm a beginner again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is. I, I've talked to a couple people that have actually taken this time to, uh, you know, better better themselves in different ways. As far as even though they're musicians, they decided to take on some kind of sort of new, you know, uh, new angle of their craft. And uh, it's, it takes a little bit, obviously. Yeah, I mean, been doing it for 20 yep. years, and then to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn something new, and this person is gonna be the teacher, and then I'm gonna be the student. Like that's yeah, definitely take takes a little bit to do that. But as far as the the English, it's good for you. Yeah, it it, it definitely yeah. is humbling. But uh, as far as the the English, uh, you know, I always think Don Henley. He was one of those uh, English majors. You know, he, he he talks about it in one of his his documentaries that he was an English major and he wouldn't want to do music because his you know that that's where his songwriting came from was the poetry his uh, his work of words and 
you know, I, I agree. I love his, his solo stuff. His Eagle stuff is amazing as far as the poetry in it. Who are some of the songwriters that you think of when you think of, like, poetry, of, like, their their lyricism as far as the way with their words? Uh, I mean, Leonard Cohen nice. probably comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, and I probably listen to more Paul Simon and stuff just because mm. I find it more enjoyable to listen to. But Leonard Cohen's words is like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Or even, like, Tom Waits or... Um, but uh, there's a, and one of my fa- I love um, uh, Deb Talon mm. is half of the Weepies, mm. and I loved her like solo records always coming, and I love the Weepies records too. But she, as an artist, um, especially solo, always was like, I don't know, I found that really inspirational and just beautiful poetry and yeah. beautiful, just the way she would put it all together. But uh, yeah, it's music's a weird thing because you, you know you can, it's almost like it's poetry, but you can cheat. Because you can repeat words and change the melody and change the harmony and do all this different stuff and shout it, whatever. Whereas, like, you know, poems themselves are kind of harder because you just got the words on the page. Yeah. You got to let them um, speak for themselves. So, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. You can just have a lot of fun with it. You know, on, on the flip side yeah. of that, I've heard you talk about, you know, that the, for, for singing, you know, having that visceral feeling, having that sublime feeling. Uh, that's what you're looking for in music. That's what you're looking for that song to give you is that feeling. Uh, who who are the singers that make you feel like that? Who gets your all-time, like, emotion getters in a voice to you? Oh, man. That's a tough question because there are so many, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's, I mean, like, Otis Redding comes to mind, mm-hmm. you know, or... Um, Oh man, just in terms of emotion. Well, listeners know uh, my too. They just heard mine actually the other day because I got angry at Rolling Stone's list of greatest singers of all time because I was like, what is 173 experts? What do they know? This is this is not a good list. Nope. So I had to redo their top 20. My top 2 were Sam Cooke and Aretha Franklin. Those were number oh, 1 yeah. and 2 for Can't me. Can't go wrong with those. You yeah. know. They had um, they had Aretha at number 1. I I think I think Otis Otis was in their top five, which I definitely, I mean, yeah, he, he's amazing. Um, but is it is it mainly Aretha's like I always think of Aretha like um, I don't know. I grew up playing Nintendo, yeah. And we'd play Tecmo Bowl, oh nice. And it was like like uh, what's his name, Bo, Bo Jackson Jack. in that game was like <laughs> twice as good as everybody else. He just he was like way faster and way straight, and you couldn't you just couldn't touch it. That's like what Aretha is to every other singer. Yeah, not yeah. not it's fair like to not bring her fair. out. It's yeah, it's true. I mean, her yeah. her range, her voice, just I mean, she she was always the go to too. Like at award shows, if you needed somebody to like bring the house down, needed that special guest, yeah, yeah just bring Aretha out again. Okay, it'll work. Totally. <laughs> I tell you too, in terms of chops, who I think of, who's like, who's like, you can't really argue anyone's got better singing chops than Jackie Wilson. Oh yeah. If you listen to Jackie, well, there's a version of him singing "Danny Boy," and it's like so over the top. It's almost ridiculous, but it's so, it's his vocals are insane. Oh it's, yeah. It's it's like he's like an opera singer or something. It's it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, man. And then Sam Cooke was just perfect. Sam Cooke had obviously range and all that stuff too, but his it, his was oof, so smooth. He's got that timbre that's just perfect. Yeah. And man, Nat King Cole? Yeah. Yeah, smooth talking he, about smooth. I mean, I don't no one's had a better voice than that guy. His velvet voice yeah. just it's otherworldly. It's hard to it's hard to think of these people as like real people because <laughs> they were just so their recordings are so out of this world. 
And the amazing thing is, too, is like, I mean, you know it's so out of this world because there weren't that many effects back then anyways. You couldn't really do, I mean, it's just clean vocals for the most part. I mean, it's just them. Yeah, but they also had, it's funny, they have what we're going back to, you know, what we finally had to learn. Everyone's going back to those old mics and tube yeah. preamps and, and, you know, real reverb or whatever, reverb plates where, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of an idiot with that stuff, but I know what they had worked. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, we had uh, Teskey Brothers on from Australia, and those guys. Those guys are amazing. Yeah. They, they, I, I was blown away by their records. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, their, their, their singing style, it, I mean, you could close your eyes and almost think it's Otis when, uh, when he's. That guy's ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, and so is he, what are they like? I was, <laughs> I was like, you got a voice like that. That guy shouldn't be normal. Yeah, no, they, they, it is. It's, it's weird. They're just, I mean, just normal guys from a suburb of Melbourne in Australia. Just like it's crazy. Just, yeah. And I mean, that's. The wild thing, though, is they are obsessed, too, with, like, analog recording. They just, they do yep. everything analog. They 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 run, and that that's why I brought them up, because it was just like, I told them, I was like, that has to be a pain in the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that takes a certain kind to do that stuff. Like, I was yeah. just like, much, I don't know. much easier to pull out your laptop and be like, okay, here we go. Plug this in. That's good. There you go. Yeah, but the proof is in the pudding. That's why their stuff sounds so good. It is. It's, it's very... I, I feel like the Dap Kings, Kings kind of like really opened the door for a lot of that stuff. Or not, or, you know what I mean? They were kind of ahead of the curve on a lot of that, I feel like. Oh, yeah. There's a couple that you find like... Uh, you know, like hidden in the early 2000s and late 90s that you're just like, they were already going back and and doing, yep. you know, things that now people are just like, oh, we're going to strip it back to the way they were doing it in the 50s and the 60s. And, uh, yeah. Yep. it. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds good. Well, um, after college, when you were... You, you came out of college, that's really when you decided... To start playing music like okay i guess this is what i'm going to do and you for for a while there you lived with your parents after college and i had some time mm -hmm. where i lived with my parents and my brother did we we always called it the glory days those were the the glory days <laughs> when you went back and and hung with your parents uh it, yours seemed to be filled with sort of like trying to hustle into the music biz filled with some gigs in there and everything how did how did your glory days go? How was that time? <laughs> I think it was good, but I was also trying to figure out. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I knew right when I graduated college, I was like, "This is, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm supposed to do." It just took me that long to figure it out. You know, I'd been yeah. um, playing tons of guitar in college and getting obsessed with that, and then writing, really feeling that deeply and studying poetry, and then I started to sing at the end of it. And yeah. I was like, "Wait, writing guitar and singing? I think I'm supposed to be doing this." So, yeah, I went back home. Mom, Dad, I think I'm going to make music. And they were like, what? <laughs> and they were, were very patient with me. And, uh, yeah, let me live at home. But, I yeah, so I got a job at the old House of Blues in Harvard Square, yeah. in Cambridge, in Boston. Yeah. And um, because I wanted to be around music, and I, I knew I didn't know anything. And, I, I mean, just as far as, like, I wanted to see, they had live music seven nights a week in there. And I saw bands from all around the world yeah. coming through there. And it was just like, and I sold tickets and worked in the box office and worked in the club and scrubbed the bars and stuff. I did, you know, it was just really important for me, I think, to experience working in a club. 
and answering the phones and stuff. So it was just, I learned a, a lot, lot from, from that experience, you know? You got to go behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, all right, I want to make music. How do I do that? What do other people do, you know? Like, yeah. And I just wanted to see and be in that environment. And also, I was young. It was a cool place to be, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I had tried to get a job there the summer before, but I couldn't because <laughs> I was going to have to go back to school. And I went back that next year and got a job. And I was there for... You know, two three years, it was a it was a real learning experience, and then I, I and I, I started meeting a lot of people through that too, and then just started playing, and eventually I started playing there. They gave me a matinee, and yeah, but that took a while to kind of develop. I was always like so shy, and finally worked up the courage to give the guy Teo my my demo tape and stuff, and <laughs> which was a tape, nice. and uh, you know, just just like. Yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then I just would take any gig I possibly could. And I started just, I knew, I just was like, knew I wanted to do this and knew I had to just do it by doing it. Yeah. And and I just didn't, I just did every, I did like multiple open mics because I couldn't get any other gig. But then I would just take any gig at any, I played whacked sports bars. I played <laughs> on the street in Harvard Square a little bit. I, you know, I just would, I played TGI Fridays in my hometown. I played at Starbucks. I played like all kinds of awful things <laughs> and like, and, uh, and just did it, you know, and then started getting, you know, slowly through that started getting some real gigs here and there. I'd get one at the House of Blues. Yeah. A matinee or I got to open for someone or I got to open for Kelly Joe Phelps. I remember that was a big one for me in like yeah. 2001 and, you know, just kind of. That's kind of the path I've been on ever since. Is like just go do it. No, you know, like, I mean, I tend to overthink things in general. Yeah. But this was one thing I didn't overthink was like go play gigs. Nice. Not what well, now. I heard I heard the story of your first West Coast tour. Um, was was that still while you were living at home, or when did that escapade happen? Yeah, yeah I came home summer two thousand three. At the end of it, I remember I came home to my my parents were moving out of the house that I had grown up in, mm. and I was right about to move to an apartment in Boston. They were about to move to Florida, mm. and uh, yeah, and I came home yeah with a fresh appendix scar, yeah, skinny from the surgery I just had on the road, and yeah, and I came home and saw my mom, gave her a hug. That felt good. That that tour sounded pretty close to a nightmare. I mean, you had a you had van breakdown, and like you said, the appendix burst. And w was there anything during that tour that made you say, "Yeah, keep this music thing going"? Like, was there a a, a light <laughs> in this in this tour? I, you know, the light was already glowing so strong. I don't even know why. It was like I just got shot out of a cannon just to do this, and so the light was burning so brightly even before I did that tour that there was no way it was going out. Gotcha. But even like, you know, post-surgery by myself, vans broken down in the desert, like, all you know, yeah, my appendix burst, trying to find an open mic in Malibu. I'm 3,000 miles from home and yeah. ended up having the surgery in, in Vegas and, <laughs> yeah, it was by myself. But I was just, you know, but I, it was actually, so that was my first tour of my own. Yeah. And But the first tour I ever did was the summer before. Mm -hmm. I was opening up for a band called Mountain of Venus and selling their merch. And I was basically the merch guy, but they would let me open whenever they could. <laughs> and it, we got some and time. It was six Go of us there. and three dogs in a van. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> but it was, I mean, they were, they were hooking me up, really, because yeah. they were touring around. I was like, all right, national tour. I'm ready. Yeah. And, uh, and I did my first tour with them. And then, so that was like when I was like, you know, that there was six of us and three dogs in a conversion <laughs> van and trailer for the summer. Um, so never much any hotel rooms or anything like that. It was, yeah, it was like, you know, it was real. Like we would crash at people's houses or camp and just eat sandwiches, three meals a day and, 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 you know, just make it work. Um, yeah. 
and and I loved it though. I don't, there was something. That, I remember at the end of that tour, it was my first tour I've ever been on. I was like in the back of the van. Two people in their band were so bitterly fighting; it was like just <laughs> irreparable. So like they're like screaming at each other, and like there's almost fist fights going down in the in the front of the van, and yeah. I'm in the back of the van with a dog over me, and I'm also with a girl I met at the show, and we're making out <laughs> in the back of the van, and there's a dog on my legs, and they're in the front. They're just like, fuck you, man. They're just like yeah. screaming at each other, and we were going to like this after-party thing where Vince Herman from The Grateful Dead was playing, or we were coming from it, I think. We had just been, been with Vince Herman, and, and, and it was like, wait, was it Vince Herman? No, Vince Herman's from, uh, who was it? The keyboard player, one of the keyboard players from the Grateful Dead. Mm. Uh, I just ruined my story, man. Oh, no. Um, keep, keep it going. No, you, you got... <laughs> the Deadheads are going to kill me, though. Wait, who... Uh... But anyway, after I saw... So after so after that, I was like, you know what? I like tour. I, this, I get used to this. <laughs> and even... Because it was just crazy and awesome. And, you know, and then I... So the next year, by the time I did it on my own, like, it was rough, but... I don't know. I was already in. I just didn't know what I was doing. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for my own <laughs> national tour of my own. And I booked my own tour. And it was like, the routing was like Denver to Seattle. You know, it was just like, it was just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Vince Wellnick? Was that it? Vince Wellnick. It was Vince Wellnick. There yeah. we go. There we go. Yes. Yeah. All right. My man, way to look that up. <laughs> yeah. had to, I had to dig. I got to, you know, you can't leave the story I, you know, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't as, as, I appreciate that. As my co-host says, I wasn't gonna iron trap that one. I wasn't gonna think that one through. I had to, I had to dig in the Google files. Iron trap. Yeah, you gotta yeah. iron trap it every now Consult and then. Self the Oracle. Now, now there's, there's one stylistic thing I've noticed that you've kept rolling sort of the, the whole career. And it, it I mean, it, it, it comes and goes, but it seems like it's, it's, it's here to stay. It's your, your patty cap there. Like you, I've seen you wear a baseball <laughs> cap, and I've seen you wear a fedora, but you mostly come back to the patty cap. Uh, how'd that become the choice? What What was the stylistic choice you know, there? I don't know. I just have always worn hats. I always have always been a hat guy. I always wear hats in high school. I would yeah. match my hat to whatever shirt I was wearing in the '90s hip hop thing. Yeah, and then like, <clears throat> and then I um, always wore a baseball cap and then i always liked these kind of hats and then it took me years to be like comfortable enough to wear one and then i don't know i just always keep coming back to them they're just nice they're just i don't know they're comfy um it wasn't a whole lot of forethought or anything i just have always liked hats and i don't know it, these it are what fit. i like but it, you know it gets a little too much at some point it's like all right i gotta get rid of the because like because i get associated with it so much and if i don't have it on people are like where's the hat <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> who is uh, this you know. i don't but know who this guy is. i guess i just have never had a lot of I've never had a lot of hair confidence, I guess. Mm. You know, I think that's what it is. If I felt more comfortable with just my hair or mm. whatever, then I wouldn't have to wear it so much. I got you. But it's funny. By the time I have that confidence, I'm going to be bald. And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe know get, get confident for baldness. Who knows? That's, uh, that's a whole nother <laughs> level there, though. That's, that's a whole nother level. Uh, yeah, I had one. I had a Kangol hat like that, but I was not cool. And I tried to wear it yeah. backwards like Michael Jordan. I was not cool enough for that. Nope. That did not. That did not work. So I really? stopped. Yeah, no, I stopped. I stopped wearing it. Yeah. It didn't work out. It didn't. Work. And now, like, yeah. no, no hats. Now that I have long hair, no hats really work with long hair that easily. Like, you got to get like, you know, 
I, I don't know. You, I, I like if I wear a re- regular hat, I have to wear a backwards hat because that's like really the only way it works. I feel like with otherwise, I look like some kind of like undercover like narc or something when I wear a, a front a front hat with with my hair down. It just looks weird. <laughs> it's a narc. Yeah, it's not. Hats, it's you know, hats are powerful like that. It's like you, if you put on a hat that doesn't work in a store like if you just put on a hat like immediately you're like i gotta get this thing off my head yeah like if it it does you know it's like it they're really i don't know they do things it is well and you pick the it's like you said the right hat you pick the right hat and it's the complete other way i remember i had this this one hat that everybody loved like when i would wear it people like i would get at least like five compliments a night and i'm just like what what is going on with this hat what is this hat you know but uh, I actually wear a bigger. I wear a slightly bigger hat on stage than I wear off stage. Hmm. Why is that? Like there's these seven panel cap. I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know what it is. I started doing it a few years ago, and it was just like it's basically the same kind of hat. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But it's uh, but it's a little different. I don't know. So it's just a little. I don't know. For I, I've always liked doing that. I put on my like show. That's shoes your show. Yeah. You know, it just helps me get. It just helps me get a little bit more. I don't have to do it. It's not like I won't go on without my <laughs> show hat or something. You but, know, it's game but time. It's like, I don't know. It helps me feel a little more ready for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, talking about you know the shows, you you toured continuously. Like, I mean, basically, when you got that taking any gig mentality when you first started. Yeah, I mean, you just two hundred some shows a, a a year. Like, I mean, you were doing you were doing Andy Frasco numbers of tours. Wait, what? <laughs> he opened for me in in Arkansas once. Nice. Oh man, we love. Yeah, at George's Majestic him. Lounge in Fayetteville. We yeah, love. I Andy. love Andy. He's the man. He is. He uh he is the only only uh, guest that has came back to do a guest uh hosting gig on this show so far <laughs> nice he is uh fantastic and uh it makes me a little jealous that his show is way more popular than mine now since he did it but you know what <laughs> so i'm okay i'm okay with it i've i've come to peace with it but uh yeah no we love andy 100 uh but as far as your touring like you did that too yeah. you did hundreds of shows so what was it like just stopping because of COVID and all of a sudden now, regardless of what you wanted to do, you couldn't do a show? Well, I, you know, I've been really lucky through all this. And honestly, it doesn't even feel like I've, I, I, I basically, I was slowed down on the touring anyway from what I used to do. Yeah. And just trying to find a home life. The last like five years, especially have been like, I finally found like, I want to live here in Burlington. Like it's, it's took me years to figure out like where I want to live, what I want to do. Cause I had this career built up that wasn't, it's not like I was world famous, but I got a career, you know? And like I had spent my whole adult life working on that and sort of my home life, my community, my friends, my family, you know, like those connections had kind of fit, like I hadn't strengthened them. And I, I went through some tough times internally just cause I hadn't, I couldn't figure out where home was, you know? Yeah. So, so I finally have been figuring that out the last few years. And then COVID actually accelerated, like my girlfriend and her daughter moved out, moved in, well, moved in with me rather mm-hmm. like moved out to Vermont from New York state and moved in with me. And I sort of, it accelerated this thing that we were going to probably do, but it would just made us be like, all right, why don't we do this? Like, let's all live together and we'll figure it out and we'll try it. And it accelerated this thing. And I bought this house here in Burlington that I'm in now. Um, and again, these things probably, so I kind of, it's hard to say I lucked out for, you know, but it's like the timing was all right for me. Yeah. It was like, I sort of, 
it led to this stronger home life that I was headed towards anyway. Nice. And then in the meantime, whatever little gigs are going on have been pretty good for a solo acoustic guy to go do. It's like they're kind of set up for what I do anyway. So And I can sell some tickets, you know, especially in the Northeast. So it's like, you know, the, the small capacity clubs or outdoor drive-in shows or whatever. I basically have been playing through this whole thing. Like I did, yeah. you know, not a lot and, 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 try, and, and safely and cautiously and stuff, but there have been things going on and whatever has been going on is, like I said, like set up pretty well for a solo acoustic guy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I did like a New Year's show up, up here at Zen Barn in Vermont, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it probably holds a couple hundred people if you have people all standing in there and dancing or something. They yeah. did 33 tickets, just spaced out at tables. That was it, just like spaced apart. So I had 33 people in the room just quietly sitting, listening to the music. And I was like, for a solo acoustic show, I'm like, I love that. Yeah. Like, this is my dream right now. All these years of playing New Year's shows and drunk people walking up to me and falling on me. It's like, They're like, actually listening. I, I love yeah. this. I love to be listened to. Yeah. So I've been, I've been pretty lucky. So it's, it's not like it hasn't felt like, oh, I can't do the thing. I, it's almost more disorienting now kind of coming out into like Getting, being able yeah, to do stuff again. Yeah. And it's like quarantine has a certain simplicity about it. It's like, okay, yeah. we got to stay in. We got to get food. We got to make sure the rent is paid. Somehow, you know, it's like there's a, uh, things become pretty straightforward. And now it's like sort of coming out into the light again is almost more disorienting for me. For sure. For sure. Well, I, I want to talk about uh, one of those things coming out in the light, the the EP there. But before I get to the EP, one thing I wanted to, to mention before is uh, you, you've done some collabos over the career, and you you did a collab <laughs> uh, collaboration with Tall Heights there. Well, actually, a couple. And the one you did mm-hmm. with uh, Fast Car, yeah, that's, I mean, super popular. There's 75 million streams on Spotify, which, that's insane. Uh, and and it's, ob- yeah. it's obviously the song's a banger. I mean, Tracy Chapman... It's a, a great song, but did I mean when you made that song with fellow Bostonites there? Uh, did you think it was gonna be like really popular? Or was it just like, hey, let's do this fun song and we'll put it out there? Yeah, it was literally just like literally just like, hey, let's let's put this out like we always do everything else, and we had put it out um, like we did, you know, any of our other songs. Yeah. I mean, I. I you know, and then seven or eight months later, I think Spotify put it on a playlist subscribed mm. to by like nine hundred thousand mm. people. Yeah, and then it started just blowing up, and then it just, and then it, then it spread to other things, and then, uh, so, yeah, it just kind of came. It was like, I mean, that's been such a blessing in my life. I can't even tell you, like, <laughs> that's sure. been so great for me um, and them, and uh, so yeah, that just came about from us. That was their idea to do the song. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I had always felt something. I, you know, I always loved Tracy Chapman, obviously. And I always felt there was something vocally, like, I don't know, that that she was, I was in her wheelhouse vocally somewhere. Yeah. Or something. You know, I just felt like I could maybe sing that, but it was almost too obvious. Just that I feel like, like, I feel like my old band wouldn't have let me sing something like that <laughs> or something. They'd be like, ah, it's cheesy. I mean, I don't know. But um, yeah, something about those guys being like, hey, we think you'd sound good singing this song. And I was like, oh yeah, God, I love that song. Okay. And then we and then we worked on it together and figured out the arrangement. And yeah, they're really brilliant with their arrangements and their harmonies and stuff. So it's like, yeah, the collaboration just definitely works. Nice. Well, I mean, speaking of the and you can't go wrong with that song. No. Well, and speaking of of harmonies, you guys just recently uh, last year did "Helplessly Hoping," uh, which which it's funny 
because just a couple of months before that, uh, we, we I don't know if you've ever heard of the fellas Jamestown Revival, but Jamestown yeah. Revival, they released a cover of Helplessly Hoping, like literally oh. two months maybe before you guys did, right around the same time. And but oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should you should check it out. I mean, it's it's both of you guys have components of Crosby, Stills, Nash, like the original version, but you pull in just a little bit different ways. And like as I was listening to them back to back, and there's 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 things elements from both of them. Like I said, from the original, but they also have that you know originality of your guys's taste in each one very interesting to hear the differences between the two but how did you guys choose uh helplessly hoping well again that was like their idea and it was immediately like i love that song so much it was yeah. like yep let's do that it was nice. like sometimes you know things are like ah, i don't know sometimes things are just an immediate yes yeah and that's one of those ones it's it's cool to hear what you're saying because it's like that's such a heavy track. That's such an incredible, yeah. like the original. It's kind of like Fast Car or something, where it's like I'm not. I would, I you know, really part of what I'm trying to do is just honor the original. Yeah. But it's just like those songs are so good, and I want to sing them so much. It's like we got to do this. Yeah. You know? But I, it, it's a it's a touchy thing because you just really want to like I just really we like honor that original track so much. Yeah. And it's not like. It's not like, here, we're going to do this better or some <laughs> You know, it's, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, that goes without saying. But it's just like, you know, trying to honor the original, but also like, like I said, those guys are really cool coming up with arrangements and we just kind of worked on it together and found something that fit us that we were comfy with, you know. Nice. And I haven't even played it since then because I haven't seen those guys and sort of playing that song without harmonizing and yeah. stuff like that just is weird. Uh, so like people have asked me to do it and I'm like, I don't know, I need tall heights, but I used to do that with fast car too. I, I didn't play fast car forever. Cause I was like, no, I need tall heights to do it. Yeah. And then once we had like, you know, once it had like 20 million streams or something, I was like, all right, why don't I learn how to play? This no, all right. Home? I guess. And, uh, and, yeah. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> Nothing like, you know, millions of streams to get you to do it. It's been demanded of me, I guess, I guess. Well, <laughs> it's, it's well, a tough job. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> The, the newest project is the four-part series. Uh, Wood was the first EP. Fire was the second, which just was released last week. And, and down the road here, you'll release Water and Air. Now, first, yep. why did you go with the four-part split? Is it just a better design for the way people consume music now? Or did you have other <laughs> things in mind? Well, I, I mean... I that part was not lost on me. I do yeah. think it makes more sense to release things kind of, you know, and it also gave me more time to, like, I'm still mixing water and air, and, like, so it's it gave me more time to put, to get stuff together and just put music out. Because these tracks have taken so long to get together. You know, sometimes you, you go in, you bang out a record in four days, and you're done, and I've done that. And, yeah. And that's just what it is. And sometimes, I don't know why, but it's like right now, I'm, I'm working on these tracks for, like, two years. Yeah. And putting so much work into them and just editing. And it, and it just is what it is. It's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud of them, you know. But I didn't... Yeah, like, so we went into a beautiful studio here in... in uh, well, in southern Vermont mm -hmm. um, in 2019. And I and we laid down basic tracks for, like, 15 new songs. Mm -hmm. And and so the goal... You know, and so at the time, you know, you're like, well, not all these will make it onto the record, maybe. But... I don't know. I just believed in every song so much. I was like, we could get this to a place where it's good enough. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to put out one big 
15 track album yeah. that was going to take me another year to get together or something i was like no let's just you know let's let's put it out in in bits maybe this would make sense as i i didn't know what it was going to be i was like i don't know two eps maybe three maybe you know and it took me forever to figure out like what this thing was and then it finally just all kind of lined up nice. and i've been thinking about the elements and just i don't know for i don't know why it sort of lines up in your mind when it does and just makes sense but it just after months of thinking about it and listening and listening and working on them i finally sort of lined up that there was like these four elements made sense yeah and this is how i should release them and here we are but i i think i think honestly like i was saying i mean as far as like the the way people do consume music it's better for a lot of artists because unless you're and even even with the huge you know the weekends and the taylor swifts of the world still a lot of those smaller songs on the album get overlooked uh even you know even yeah. when they are i mean they still get millions of streams but they get overlooked compared to the song that gets one and a half billion streams so like you know when you put out that mm -hmm. three song ep four song ep now it's it's a smaller bit for people to consume and plus you've got like you said you got this theme wrapped around each one you got this 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 sort of the this is what yeah. holds these songs together and so this this fire group is supposed to be the i, I guess you'd say more emotional more uh, higher higher tempo songs is that what you would say with fire sort of living in the yeah they're like they're they're higher energy. They're like bigger tracks. They're they're higher energy songs than I've put out on a record since probably like 2013. I think it was the mm. Growing Light record, and we had some I had a song called Pacing Like Prince, and it was like just you know we had a great producer for that Ben from Galactic, and so this is like um, yeah, just like for me these are these are my like bangers in my little world, you know, nice. making music. Like these are these are like high energy for me, and just like kind of souped up you know and and um and you know fire just made sense for these i'm a fan i'm um, a fan and then it's also like sharing the light you know fire is like i was i don't know maybe i'm getting too heady but like i was lighting a candle the other day and then i lit a candle with another candle it just made me think of fire and how it spreads and how it can be like this really wonderful thing it gives warmth and stuff like that. it can also destroy i don't and then i started losing the metaphor i don't think my, <laughs> my music's gonna destroy anything but, but it like, got too powerful I don't know, fire just makes yeah <laughs> it's too much stop playing these tracks no i i just i really believe in these tracks and, and they just you know they're I, I I I don't know. I just really hope people enjoy them. It is. I I dig. Stop pushing. It's a fan fantastic track. I mean the others right the others Thanks, are growing man. on me. Uh, but that's you know. I'm also I can't help it when I go on like Spotify. If I see one with higher numbers, I automatically gravitate to it. I know I know I should sure. dig everything, but I just see that and and stop pushing has the highest numbers right now. So I was like. Oh, check it out! Oh yeah, I do <laughs> dig this. And then I, and then you're. How do you see that? Do you see it? How do you see those numbers? I'm curious. Uh, I just see the plays or, for each number, uh, for each song. How many? How many? How many? Oh, plays doesn't it? it's not just the top five? Uh, well, on if you go on when the actual album, you know, when you go on the EP. Now, if I just look at your artist page, yeah, it's your top ten. I can go down to the top ten that you have listed on there. But if I go into each uh ep and each album i can see what the the top ones are on on that oh i didn't even know that yeah that's cool yeah yeah i don't know I, yeah yeah so you're you're like right yeah i've been kind of geeking out on that stuff right now uh you know stop pushing wow stop pushing 
it, it got like 3,000 listens in the last like 12 hours. That's crazy. That, <laughs> that's that's nuts. I, I just looked at it the, this this morning. Uh, I think we put that out as like the lead track on Spotify, which I don't really know exactly how that works, but I think that's why it's getting more plays. It's like yeah. getting pushed to more ears than yeah. others. Yeah, well, it's 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 like you said with the with the playlist with Fast Car. You know, I mean, they do the 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 Spotify playlist makers, the Spotify just algorithms. They have power to get those numbers there. It's a little. It's a little frightening totally. how much power they have. A little bit in the music. It's kind of nuts, but I, you know, I've met some of those people. It's because they used to have an office in Boston, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we did we played a thing for them once. And I met a lot of wonderful people. They have like a lot of they have amazing um, technology and amazing algorithms, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. the tech is there, obviously. But they also have a lot of great people. At least in my experience, that are real human beings, like making real playlists for people and listening to stuff and just. Oh um, yeah. I don't know that that service has been really good to me. So it's hard. I know people have different experiences with it, and it's weird when I hear people be like bad mouth it or something. Because I don't know, my experience has been pretty amazing with that. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I met the girl who put us on a playlist, um, who put uh, Fast Car on that first playlist. Mm, nice. And this is way after the fact at Newport Folk Fest. Uh, you know, she and I, and I, like it just way after the fact, like like. You know, and I was like, "Oh my God, you're the one who put us on that playlist." She was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh my God, can I just say thank you?" She was like, "No, no, I didn't really do anything." I was like, "No, you did." Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> yes. Can I can I give you a hug or something? But it's and I think like, but she was cognizant of like, you know, I don't I don't think she wanted any thanks for it or any. I don't know. It's got to be weird for like they don't. Well, I don't is. feel any people over there like wielding power or something. I just think they're really good at sort of giving people what they want to listen to. Well, that's, that's what I, you know. I think they're trying to find. Yeah, like I guess. I mean, I've had so many uh, sort of the the you know the harder rock groups talk about Allison Hagendorf, who does you know the the harder rock uh um spotify playlist and they're always like oh thank you allison yeah. and like she's like you know she's just over there like you said just trying to find music in the right that that, that fits what people want to hear and so it they do i mean they- and i think the algorithms really work like when i got on that playlist for when we got on with fast car yeah they they they're really good at telling what people are spinning over and over. You know, like yeah. see, if they if they see people like it and they're gonna spin it, it goes further up the playlist yeah. and stuff. So it's you know, mm-hmm. I think it really works. Works for me. I use those things all the time and find new music all the time and yeah. listen to all kinds of stuff I never heard. Definitely. De- well, now you've released half of the four part series, um, and it's been yeah. in it's been in the pandemic, obviously. Uh, how does that compare to the last? Uh, you know. The, the releases that you've done in the past where you've been able to promote music fully and just go out and tour and see people's response. How does it feel and, and how has the response been so far to these two EPs? I think the response has been great so far. And honestly, it's funny as you say it. It's like, it's kind of nice in a way to not feel the pressure to be out there touring right now. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm doing stuff too, but I it's weird. Like, it's weirdly working out for me. Like, in, in, in that we were going to release... I wanted to release this stuff... And have let it sink into people's ears and let it settle yeah. for a bit before I went out and toured like crazy on it anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of taking the pressure off, and, and it's like it's weird because I haven't played with a band in over a year, and that's feels strange now. And like I got to get something. I'd like to get some kind of special band together and do a kind of special, concise sort of tour to really celebrate these songs. Yeah. But I don't have the pressure to do that. Like I can't even really realistically do that. 
probably till the fall. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's it in a in a good in a good way for me, honestly. Look, I'm forty three years old. I finally found a home. I, I now whenever I go do a gig, I, I just want to come back home, which is a really <laughs> new, different feeling for me, as opposed to just wanting to go everywhere at once. So yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of nice in a way. It takes the pressure off, you know. Uh, but I do want to get out there and do it, you know. But then I want to come home. <laughs> but then I want to get right back. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, uh, do do we have a date? Are you sure when uh, water is gonna gonna hit um, gonna hit ear? I'm trying to get it for uh, June 18th is my birthday. Okay. And that's six weeks from when fire came out. So I'm shooting for that, but no promises. But it, it won't be too long after that if we do it. Just because, I don't know. This, th- no part of these tracks have been easy from the, from the start yeah. to finish. And it's just been a lot of work just to get them to where, they, where I feel great about them. Um, you know, so we're, uh, but we're getting there. I got, there'll be five tunes on water coming next. Very nice. And there's a lot of depth in there. Yeah. And then, and then air, is that going to be around six weeks after that? Yep, that's the plan. You know, and that's three tunes. Nice. And that'll close it out. And then I can kind of, I sort of feel like I got to put this out into the world. Then I can start working on new songs and nice. seeing whatever comes next. For sure. And hopefully, hopefully more, more t- touring that leads you back home. Hopefully more touring. Yeah, it's already starting to happen. Like, things are, things are, I already got, you know, a week in the Carolinas and Virginia, like, in, a, in three weeks from now, it just came together quickly. It started as, like, one gig opening for the Wood Brothers, and then it was, like, that's been the hardest thing is to kind of string dates together and stuff because there's only so much going on. But that all of a sudden is like, whoa, I'm doing six nights in a row, so I can tell things are starting to happen. So I'll be out there. For sure. Well, now I mentioned before we came on the air that uh, you were going to be part of our uh, our le- newest segment on the show, the Doc G Top Three. And today, yeah. we're, our our topic is top three favorite songs to play loud when you first got your car. So when you were turning sixteen, seventeen ish, whenever it was that you got your car, Man. what are the three yep. songs that were your go to? bangers back then now you said you said 43 so let's see you're you're taking it back like 26 ish years around there we're going like early 90s yeah right? okay we're going yeah mid 90s okay uh, all right 77 so yeah yeah mid 90s so like yeah so 94 when i was 17 uh i think is when the black crows amorica came out mm, yeah and that was a big that was a big, big record for me. So I remember, so Wiser Time on that record. Yeah. Even though it's not, I've never been a huge, like, turn up the huge rock thing and blast it. Like, I'm just, you know. Yeah. So I hope people aren't disappointed by my choices. <laughs> but uh, no, I, Wiser Time, I always loved that song. So that's, like, kind of a big one for me. I, me- I distinctly remember playing that in the Cherokee that I would drive when I was, like, Nice. 17. That's what I uh, had too. Yep. I had a Cherokee. Come on. Yes. Oh no! I thought you said I thought you had Wiser Time. I was like, no way, brother. <laughs> okay. Ch- okay. Yeah. Same um, car. Same car. Different. Different tunes. I was. Uh, okay. I, w- I was about uh, you know six six years later. Six years later. Uh, uh, okay. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you mine after you give me the next two there. Yeah. So six years later. So you probably had like. NSYNC, don't tell me, don't tell me. And no, I'm just yes. No, I'm just kidding. NSYNC, um, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees. That was my top three. 98 Degrees, boom. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't want to put Backstreet Boys in twice. You got to get 98 Degrees. I can't repeat. I get it. I get it. Yeah. 
No, so for me, I don't know. Pro- so a lot of um, a lot of uh, '90s hip hop. Then, like, yeah, you know what I mean, um, oh yeah, probably stuff from like De La Soul, Balloon, Mind State. That that. Oh, um, nice. Uh, Break a Dawn, I think, had the Michael Jackson sample in it. That was probably one. So nice. I would say Break a Dawn by by uh, De La Soul. Nice. And then um, and it, it's it would probably be hip hop, honestly. I'd say the Far Side, Passing Me By. That was a huge one. Oh wow! For, uh, for me and my friends, so we I'm sure we played that one. Man, and I know that's not. I'm getting beyond three, but probably some. I definitely had some Jimi Hendrix in there. With that, that's... but it would have been like. Kind of the slower ones, <laughs> kind of the mellower ones, probably. Well, that's that's why I chose the three songs in the car, though, is because it doesn't actually the the list doesn't have to have any criteria of you know. There's no musicality. There's no oh, this is a, no. It's it's whatever yeah. you wanted to play in the car. That's and I mean there are some weird songs there. I mean there are some songs that almost made my list that are just really bizarre that people would be like, why? Like Warrant, Uncle Tom's yeah. Cabin. My friends loved that jam, and for some reason, we played it all the time, and it almost yeah. made the list. It almost made it, but uh, there were a couple that were... You above. can't argue with what people like. Like, who knows why someone... You know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, we're joking around about it, but honestly, if someone likes the Backstreet Boys, like, go... It's oh, that, yeah. I, that. I mean, as I, grow, as I grow older, I'm less bitter about... You know, it's just like, go ahead. Go if you want to listen to Justin Bieber. Go like get more power to you if you like it. Yeah, my girlfriend's looking at me right now because she <laughs> you like, you like Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber? <laughs> really? Uh, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> All right, we got to work on that. No, um, hey, there's some. <laughs> no, we don't. There's some no. J Biebs songs that are pretty good. He's a. He, I mean, you gotta you gotta <laughs> give J Biebs. He's got a couple of songs out there now. I mean, as far as his. Uh, as far as his uh, hairdos have been recently, I don't know what's going on there. He's. He's got he's 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 yeah. looking a little hoboish, but besides that, I mean, yeah. you know, and I who am I? But to can talk? you imagine millions of people having a? Imagine if millions of people had a had a had a you know a, an opinion on your haircut. Oh like, yeah, you know that would oh, suck. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah. Um, but so if so, my top, I would say honestly that probably knocked Farsight out. So I would probably say, Justin Black Bieber's Rose America, That's weird. De La Soul break. <laughs> De La Soul break of dawn. And uh, Jimi Hendrix drifting. Oh wow! Which was okay, on, a, uh, on like a kind of like unreleased thing that he did. I yeah, just geez. cry. Man, that's he went deep Boom. on that Jimi Hendrix. I like it. I like it. I know there's some there's some listener out there that's like, hey, love yourself by Justin Bieber is on my list. Don't worry, listener. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's a good jam. I, it's a good yeah. jam. I uh, but yeah, like you that's, can love yourself. That's a, I don't love that myself. But you can love yourself. <laughs> actually, I did that. I think that actually is my favorite Justin Bieber song. It's a good that's one, one with, man. Like, just the guitar, right? Yeah. That's a good one. That's that, a good one. I'm pretty sure. I I want to say somebody correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I want to say uh, Ed Sheeran wrote that song. I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty sure that was an oh, Ed Sheeran wow. song, man. And then gave it to he's to doing Deeps. all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I think Ed will uh, land on his feet. He's doing okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I think it's fun now when a pop song hits you the right way and you just like it. As opposed to when I was younger, I wouldn't allow it. You like, could stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Now it's like a lot of it is stupid, but you know, a lot of it is really great. You know, there, I heard a Post Malone song the other day, and I was like, wait, what is this? I like this. Yeah. Well, I it's mean, just, it's just fun to allow yourself to like things that you might like. That's. I mean, like the weekend. 
All of his songs are so infectious. I love that, that stuff. Just that like, stuff is banging. I love yeah. the weekend. He, I mean, it, amazing. And he's uh, his the the producer. Can't think of the guy's name right now. Same guy that used to work with the uh, the Backstreet Boys. Uh, I can't. He's uh, he's from yep. from Sweden. I want to say. I know. I know. Oh man, okay. it's gonna annoy yep. me. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like Grateful Dead. I'm not. I'm not gonna look up this one up. Not gonna do it. Nope. Um. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Ryan, we are up against a break, man, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun, man. Ben, thanks for having me, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, listeners, you can check out good all to- things. Well, yep, what? Hmm, what? It's good to talk to anyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to qualify. Uh, it'd be anybody. I don't really care if it's you, but just no. let you know. <laughs> no, this is good, man. No, it's good to talk to you. <laughs> you can check out all things Ryan at ryanmontblue.com, or you can stream him on Spotify, like we just mentioned. Apple, or you can check him out on Instagram at Ryan Mont Blue. Right now, let's take a listen to Stop Pushing right here on the Doc G Show. You make it seem like you don't know it, but we're in it together. I like to think we'll drop the differences before it's too late. Should be in a long time to wait Meanwhile pretending we're not shoulder to shoulder Pushing me around Stop pushing me Pushing me around 
And we are back here on the dock. A G, a show. Ryan Montblue, right there. Yes. Yes. Nice. What I'm talking about, Demarcus. That is what I'm talking about. You're a. That's that guy. You're, That's that guy. You're a fan of The Departed, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Little little Leonardo DiCaprio. Little Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I love Alec Baldwin's mm-hmm. character in that movie. Makes me laugh every single time. Fun. <laughs> and then, I mean, Jack Nicholson. I mean, yep. his his Boston accent's not the best in the movie, but, you know, still, yeah. it's still an awesome movie. It's, it, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's one of, one of my faves, man. And I like I told Ryan, it's it's the movie that sold me on on Leo. So true. You know, I was a young buck at the time. And Leo was, you know, a young buck, too. I was like, what that guy got? not that cool <laughs> he, you know because he's all famous with the with the ladies because of titanic and stuff and i was like Psh, whatever i'm cool and then i saw that movie and i was like nah he's pretty cool he's cooler than me i think that's fine. yeah he's cooler than me <laughs> and i had to come to the realization leonardo's cooler than i am that's what i had to come up. but you know it's fine oh, damn. it's fine it's fine don't don't worry about it don't worry about it because you know what he doesn't have the Doc G show. Nope. It's all right. That's true. He doesn't have that the Doc true. G show. We have that over him. And speaking of that, thank you mm-hmm. to uh, Ryan for being on the show. And thank you for contributing to our next segment, the Doc G Top 3. That is correct. We are moving mm. on to the newest segment, which took over Shoe and Tell, DeMarcus's previous favorite segment. But don't worry. Oh, yeah. This segment's growing on him. This one's growing on him big time. Uh, and this week, <laughs> what is our top three we're going to talk about? Listeners, it's the top three that I just mentioned with Ryan. What were your three favorite songs to play loud when you first got a car? Hmm. Now, to remind the listeners, what uh, what Ryan went with was Wiser Time, uh, Black Crows, De La Soul, Breaker Dawn, and then Jimi Hendrix, Drifting. Those were the three by... And now, he didn't give those in order. He didn't put those in order, so I'm not going to order those for him. I'm just going to say those are his top three. I'm going to give hmm. you mine in order, DeMarcus. I'm going to give you mine in order. All right. Now, All right. before we get to our list real quick, I do want to let the listeners know I had a banging system back in the day, guys. That's a fact. Okay? Nice. Okay. I had two Rockford Fosgate amps in the back, yes! two Kicker 12-inch oh. subs in the oh. back, yes! replacement 6-inch okay. Alpines in all the doors, oh, yes! and the most powerful Alpine head unit giving them power. That's, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Had a capacitor on the battery. Totally didn't right. work. If I cranked it up at a stoplight and the bass hit hard enough, engine would completely die. Just boom, and then just shut off, and you'd be like, oop. Restart the car there. Let's hope it starts. <laughs> yeah, it started. Okay, good stuff. But we're good. It, uh, you know, I I never kept count, but I can tell you, a lot of car alarms were set off so with true. that with that car stereo. <laughs> a lot of cars. Now now I play at a barely audible levels because I'm an old man. But back then, <laughs> watch out, watch Please out. It was it. like, oh, you don't even know. You don't even know. Okay. Demarcus, what's your number three on the list? Hmm. Ah, uh, my number three was probably I would probably say maybe Tupac, Ambitious as a Rider. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Now that was yeah, that was big in my uh, that was big in my brother's uh, car. He uh, when he first mm. started driving, 
um, mm-hmm. in his in his uh, sweet Nissan used Nissan Maxima. Uh, nice. Uh, it was nice. Had you know you know we tried to put a stereo system in it too, but it has a mm-hmm. Bose uh, original system. That Bose system ah. is impossible to work with. There were so many wires, <laughs> we didn't know what was going on in there. It was, oh, God, it was hard. Anyways, totally like Ambitions as a rider. That's a jam. My number mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. big timers, still fly. Nice. Oh, man. Taking it back to the cash money. The bass hits on that song, and then you heard boom, boom from the amplifiers. <laughs> oh, mm, mm. Oh okay. gosh, that got that got the heads turning right there. That was the head turner <laughs> right there. That was one of my favorites. That is mm-hmm. definitely it was it was tough. So true. Honorable mention uh, mm-hmm. uh, under big timers would be Bone Crusher. Never scared. That was Bone Crusher. Yeah, that was a classic. Yeah, yeah. With with uh with uh what's his name uh with Ti and then um uh Killer Mike. Killer oh, Mike. Yeah, Killer that, Mike. Was, yep. that was it, man. That was a jam mm-hmm. right there. All right. What's your number two, Demarcus? Number two. Hmm. Uh, I probably have to go with uh, UGK, Bun B. Oh. All those guys. International players. Oh, there, so. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a killer Andre 3000. Mm, line yep, right there. 3,000 in there. Mm-hmm. That's a killer. Mm-hmm. That was that was like after he'd already done the sort of like I retire thing. Yep. But then mm-hmm. but then he came with that and you were like, oh, dude still does fire. Oh, yeah. man. Still, yeah. That's right. Still, still throws out those lines that after listening to it 30 times, all of a sudden I go, wait, is that <laughs> what he meant? Oh, man. He put like three yeah. layers into that. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. rock on the second one. This is my rock one. White zombie okay. more human than human. That mm. one, again, that's a... That's a you you hear that one coming down the street a mile away. You're like, mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of car from coming down the road right now? <laughs> this thing is insane, man. The the bass on that song, and then at the beginning, there's a uh, a sound of fornication what? that really mm. makes old women turn around and be like, what is going <laughs> on in that car? And I'm just like, hello, I'm here to ruin your neighborhood. You know that was. <laughs> Oh, so good. So good, DeMarcus. Okay, number one. What did you have? Oh, man. Like, I'm a huge, like, Cash Money, Lil Wayne fan. Yeah. So I I was pumping that Carter 2 back in the day. Oh, yeah. The Mob. Oh. Uh, That was my track. Nice. He just, he literally. He literally destroyed that song. It's probably one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs. Well, I mean, just in general, the Carter too. I mean, the Carter too. Come on, I mean that he, to me. Classic to me. That's that's pinnacle Wayne. Like I mean, yeah, a lot that's of pinnacle. A lot of people love a love uh, three Carter three, but like I mean, mm-hmm. with Carter two, with with Fireman. With uh, with yeah. shooter shooters like I think shooter mm-hmm. I think is my favorite on that with with uh, Robin Thicke oh so oh, good. yeah so mm-hmm. good on there and it has such a build in shooter starts yeah. out so laid back and then when he finally comes mm-hmm. in and hits that one bar and yep. oh mm, good stuff <laughs> hustler music oh hustler such a music good jam. Yeah. yeah go Best DJ oh, go DJ oh god I miss my dogs oh yeah. man it's it's a lot on there. Good stuff, man. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Good, good, mm-hmm. good choice. I like it. I like it. Now I, I went sort of similar. Sort of similar. Mm-hmm. They've worked together. I went 
David Banner, Like a Pimp. Like ah, a Pimp. David Banner. Yeah. Oh, man. That song. Now, this one holds a special. This is why I love to bang this one. Uh, mm -hmm. Listeners, back in the day, I went to, uh, uh, went to uh, Beach Week, Senior Beach Week. Uh, mm. There's a little tradition at our school. All the, you know, all seniors going to the beach, partying at Myrtle Beach. That's what we did. And nice. uh, went down there. Uh, this is uh, 2003 to date me. That's where, Dirty that's where we're at. Yeah, Dirty Myrtle, 2003, and I had that system that I just described, guys. And I'm rocking out David Banner like a pimp. I mean, full nice. blast on the strip with the clubs. Literally, a whole line of, of girls waiting to go mm -hmm. into the club just started dancing to my Jeep. They didn't even wait. Twerking. They didn't even they didn't even wait for the club. They were like, the club is right here. That's right. And they just started <laughs> dancing around my Jeep. And I was just like, done, guys. Done. Real hoes got down on the floor. That's it. That's it, man. Oh, nice. it's, it's the best. It's the best, man. Ever since then, I just have flashbacks when I hear that song. I'm just like, oh, nice. oh, mm, culmination right there. So mm -hmm. good. So mm -hmm. good. What's your list, listeners? What do you got on that top three? I had some honorable mentions. I had some weird ones in there, too. Mm -hmm. I had, like, uh, uh, my uh, my friends were real big into uh, to Warrant. They were big into Warrant, Uncle Tom's Cabin from the 80s. We jammed that mm. one out all the time. There, there's a bunch that almost made it that just didn't yeah. make the cut. So, mm -hmm. All kinds of great jams, though. Let me oh, yeah. let us know your list. We got that was a tough one, though. That was a tough one for me. Yeah, a, me and Demarcus, we got we got heavy into the early two thousand raps there on our list. But you know, mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. That's yeah. you know, it's like I said, doesn't have to be one one type. That can be any anything we think right there. Mm. Uh, Demarcus, are you ready for the third birthday suit? Yeah, of course. Let's knock this out. I forgot we'll the I forgot the third birthday suit again last week. I'm such a loser. Girl, come anyways, on. anyways, uh, this one I'm pretty positive you got. I'm gonna give it a ninety percenter. Um, okay. Born on uh, May twelfth, nineteen seventy nine, in L A. Our birthday suit wearer was into football from a young age. Ended up going to University High School in L A. Where he excelled at track and football. Birthday suit wearer wasn't highly recruited, though, out of uh, high school. He ended up going to Santa Monica College, where he excelled as a receiver and ended up transferring to Utah. Coming out of college, he had a 38-and-a-half-inch vertical and ran the 40 in 4.39 seconds. The Carolina Panthers ended up choosing him third uh, in the third round, 74th overall in the 2001 draft. He played 13 seasons with the Carolina Panthers, being All-Pro five times, with a standout year being 2005, where he led the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Jeez. He is in the Carolina Panther Hall of Fame. In 2014, he was traded to the Baltimore Ravens, where he played three more seasons before retiring. Name that birthday suit wearer. That's my man, Steve Smith. Steve Smith Sr. is correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nicely done. Steve, man. Baller. Baller. He, he talked yeah. that junk. You didn't want he that did. junk from him, man. You didn't. Yeah. When he zeroed in on a cornerback, ooh, I'd be shaking mm -hmm. in my boots if I was that cornerback. Yeah. I didn't. Like I mean, he had that. He had that. That that stare. That like mm -hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to murder you on this field. Stare. Like yeah. it just. He he. If he wanted to go get it, he went and got it. It happened. Yeah, he. The guy was a beast. 
He was. Makes me sad that mm-hmm. he didn't win a didn't win a uh, championship, didn't win a Super yeah. Bowl. But you know, he still has millions of dollars, and he stills yeah. uh, a good looking fellow with uh, some youth on his side. Just forty two years young, there, man. Yeah, forty two. Yeah, give it up for Steve Smith. Shout out to Big Steve Smith, out. man. Shout yeah, out. yeah. All right, Demarcus got some great shows coming up. Very excited about the shows on our list next week. I got to tell you about this one. We've got the band Honey coming on the show. Can't wait to talk to these guys. They are killing nice. it in the game. Millions of streams on on Spotify, just being big time over there in L.A. Can't wait. Uh, mm. It's gonna be good. But until nice. then, we gotta wrap it up, Demarcus. We gotta we gotta ah. yeah wrap it up for the show today. But I've been your host, Doc G. With me is that guy, that guy just bumping bumping the Tupac, All b- right. bump, bumping the know. little Wayne, Demarcus. You already know Heller. Hmm. Deuces, people. Woo. Okay, I Deuces. was I was waiting there. I was like, "What? What's gonna happen? <laughs> what's what's building? What's building? Deuces, deuces is correct." And until next week, zip. and make sure you check out that Carter too. Yeah, yeah. If you have if you if you if you haven't if you haven't been uh if you if you haven't actually listened to the Bible, listen to it. That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Preach the gospel, anyways. That's right. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out.